Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathRollProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe, today we have Birdie. Hi. And Nico. Yo. Huh. Yeah, comic books, you guys. They little can be comic books. Yeah, they can be a little weird sometimes. Especially news around them. And news around stuff similar to comics. Uh, Smooth. No, I just... Going into this, I fucking was going through news. Just like, hey, yeah, let's see if there, let's see if anything that isn't in my fucking docket already. And I told Nico about this, but there was a story from Newsarama where Mark Guggenheim, the executive producer of Legends of Tomorrow, says that the new character being added to Legends of Tomorrow, who is a Muslim character and whose superhero counterpart is a character named ISIS, was a direct response to Donald Trump. Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah, so Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> is bringing ISIS in to deal with Donald Trump. <sighs> it can't be any worse than um, the story I told you about where Justice League is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that fucking... Oh, Jesus. So did you tell did you tell Nico what's going to be happening on that show? Uh, on, the, on the comic? Future children. I'm sorry? In Justice League? Yep. The comic? What's going on? They're having children? They're having... Uh, the, the Justice League's children from a future timeline are coming back to their present. <laughs> oh man! So what's the it over? Sounds un- very, sounds very X Men ish. <laughs> so what's the over under on one of the characters being either from from Kingdom Come or from uh, Dark Knight? Because they kind of have yeah. people like that in both of them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So what are the odds we're looking at? Yeah. That? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Oh, no. We'll n- none of this is going to work. No. <laughs> like I said, this but is an X-Men you guys story. Thought, these guys thought the, the Brian Hitch Justice League series was bad from the start, so this kind of thing's not going to fix it. No, it ain't. This is going to make it worse. He, he's going to be continuing to write it? Like, this is his idea? or that, that, that Brian Hitch's name is still on the cover. Okay. Yeah, so unless huh. DC is getting, like, super into what the what the editorial mandates are, which not which wouldn't surprise me at all. So what? It's going to be like John, Damien, like those guys are going to come to like their adult I selves? I, I haven't looked that closely. I will mm. admit, based on the cover, I'm scared that they're going to bring back the Superman-Wonder Woman thing because one of them looks uh-huh. like the son of Superman holding Wonder Woman's lasso. Uh-huh. Well, well, no. Um, if that's the case, that's a Dark Knight character, though. That's from did, the new Dark have, Knight like, Master kids? Race. I don't know. In the Master Race, there was a, there was a, they had a kid in the Dark Knight Master, that Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello one they just had. Yeah. Um, so, uh, unless it's her, I don't know. I, 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 
And if, I hope this just doesn't become a permanent thing. I, I mean, I, I like the fact that they have like this whole, like we've talked about it on the show before, how they've actually had the balls to bring back these like relationship things and things with kids and stuff like that. And I think it's been pretty great across the board, but, but if they do this and keep them in actual continuity, I think it's just going to make a mess of things very quickly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it's, like, something where it's, like, an arc or something, okay, but if they, like, bring them to the, to the present day in the, in the comics, like, they kind of did with, like, the all-new X-Men, for instance, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, the younger versions, or, like, their kids from the future, just to make multiples of them, kind of like a Marvel-style type thing, where there's more than one Hulk and more than one Thor, you know what I mean? Like, if they do some sort of move like that, I don't know if that's going to be good at all. It's not. Let's just say that. Because <laughs> they probably won't be. That doesn't sound appealing to me. Yeah. So, we do have some info about them at this point. Okay. This just came out today. Huh. So, the team is led by um, Hunter Price, the son of Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected from that. That means he must be boring squared. Yep, there's also uh, Serenity, the daughter of Aquaman. Okay, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't seen a storyline where Aquaman and Mira have kids yet. Yeah, uh, two twin brother and sister lanterns of some kind named Jason and Jenny. That's about all we get from them. Okay. Uh, Cruz, the daughter of The Flash and that new Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz. Oh. That's a... What? <laughs> they... Uh, well, I know... In the, in the couple they, issues they I read... They had a little bit of a romance. Yeah, in the yeah, couple issues I've read of that thing, yeah. they were kind of building up that. They were kind of like saying... They were right. kind of like having Flash kind of be like one of her emotional supports when she still had the evil ring. Oh, God. Does this chapter decide what directions they want to go with relationships across DC? I fucking hope not. Yeah. And then final and then the final person is Cube, the daughter of Cyborg. <laughs> what is her first name? Rubik's? Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. The they they named Cube. That's hilarious. Yeah, Ruby yeah, Ruby Cube, the daughter of Cyborg. <laughs> that made me laugh. That was good. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you know about that. Yeah. That sounds that sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really care about the main Justice League book. That's if it weren't for the if it weren't for hipster Batgirl and Birds of Prey, that would probably be the worst of the DC revamps. But I yeah, just so don't congratulations, care. Brian Hitch. You just made the Justice League team with Lobo on it the most interesting Justice League team they currently have going. <laughs> I I I have this sneaking suspicion that that's just one of those books where I don't even think they're taking into consideration in terms of continuity with this new rebirth because like I, <laughs> Brian Hitch isn't a great writer and <laughs> and like the fact that he's just kind of off doing his own Justice League work uh, is kind of worrisome to me you know what I mean like this this sounds I mean under the helm of a, a actually good writer this may have been like a fun little arc that they kind of put put together but I can't see him writing something good with this idea. It's like he's like, still I writing s- for the new 52. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, just totally just like hey, you know how this Superman is like married with a kid? Like fuck him. So yeah, that thing nobody liked, we brought that back. So like fuck all of you. Yeah, because if you if you're gonna say that Wonder Woman and, and and Clark have a 
have a kid that's coming back in that Justice League book, that would technically mean that they're – well, I guess the old Superman, the new 52 Superman that would have had the kid theoretically with her in the future who died, they could say that that's his. Maybe, but maybe there's like no that, way – yeah. It's like that Frank Miller scene from Dark Knight Strikes Again where he impregnates Wonder Woman by breaking her through the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing you could say. Like, I, they they cannot link this kid to the current Superman and say that yeah. they were, And as far they, as I understand, I think everyone likes the current Superman. Yeah, great. the current Superman is pretty good. Like, outside of this weird, really heavy-handed, like, fucking Independence Day storyline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where he's traveling across the United States learning about history. Yeah, he rented a Which, fucking Winnebago and is teaching John about how great America's you, history is. Uh, oh, God. He's he's not saying the problems are over there again, is he? Oh, no. <sighs> no, Dead Man hit it right on the nose. It wasn't that it wasn't even enjoyable for me. I thought it was actually a cool idea, but the execution is so ham-fisted. Like, they actually encounter, like, a vet <laughs> who, who ends up getting a who first gets told not to enter a restaurant because he's a bum who can't find work, who's an army vet. Yeah, yeah, he's an army vet with no legs who, like, gets fucking thrown out of a restaurant and then Superman and his family fucking buy him a meal and then fucking get him a dishwashing job. (laughs) And and then he's excited about getting a dishwashing job. (laughs) So so it's a story about learning about Independence Day with the subtlety of Roland Emmerich's Independence Day. Roland Emmerich yeah, looks like he's a fucking real auteur who like fucking specializes in like th- this makes Roland Emmerich look like fucking Stephen Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I, yeah, that, this that is not a good. That metaphor fucked up the entire thing. I'm sorry. I didn't know where you're going with it, but I still, still let me be laugh. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I know this was not a. This good makes look, anonymous. Yeah, book. this thing makes anonymous look like a look like a top political thriller. Anonymous was terrible. Moving I'm on. Not sure, I'm not sure if Nico knows what that is, but okay. <laughs> no. Anonymous? The, yeah, the basic idea of it is, hey, you know Shakespeare? Yeah. What if he didn't write his own plays? Oh. What is that? A movie or a show? Yeah, it's a movie. It is a movie, movie built made. around the idea that Shakespeare's plays are too fucking awesome to not have been written by a fucking god human. Some shitbag from fucking downtown London who was the son of a shoemaker couldn't possibly have been that amazing a writer. People get weird about Shakespeare. Huh. <laughs> Anywho, but on yeah. topic. We fucking read shit, I guess. Yeah. Birdie. I suppose we did. You yeah, wanna, I read stuff. Do you want to end the show early this time? Make it, make it a ten-minute show? <laughs> oh, God. I, well, as much as I would like to end the show in 15 minutes, I don't think I have anything that could break you like the nail did, so... I guess we have to have a normal show. That fucking dog. Sorry. I, I mean Crypto, do. not you. Not your dog. <laughs> I know it was weird with the dog barking in the background at the same time, but... And, you know, you can't do anything about the dog squid. I'm sorry. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you you mentioned that, I had had a flashback of the image in my head. (laughs) It's still in the chat, dude. It's still in the fucking chat history. (laughs) 
Just scroll up. I a refuse bit. to look. <laughs> well, I'll okay, put it into the fucking chat if I have to. Uh, this will distract Nico from um, that image. He I- can bash me some more. I read some more Tom King Vision. I read the last volume. Ah, you know the Eisner Award-winning <laughs> The Vision from Tom. <laughs> no big deal. It just wanted Eisner, but that's okay. <laughs> this makes me so happy. <laughs> Go on. The second half is much better than the first. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Oh, I'm God. Glad that, I'm glad it got your seal of approval. <laughs> it's like, it, it leans into the stuff that I thought was good about the first half and turns off, for the most part, the stupid. Mm-hmm. Because... Oh, okay, as an example, um, Dead Man, it, you like um, you like you've read uh, uh, Greg Recco's uh, crap. What's that? This series with the apocalyptic uh, samurai woman, uh, Lazarus. Lazarus, yeah. No, Nico uh, has. <laughs> okay, I guess we keep talking to you about it, and you just keep never reading it. He refuses, but, dude. I have a lot of <laughs> shit I need to read. <laughs> It's a good series. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of good um, series out there. There's also a lot of yeah, shit ones I that I need to find out our shit before I stop reading them. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess a little bit more on point then, since I'm mostly directing this at Nico. Would you apply Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' style to, say, a Miss Marvel story? No. Yeah. So my, that my, that was always my problem with how it was initially constructed to where it's it's clear that, that from and also based on what Deadman said about uh the Elmer Fudd Batman thing oh. clearly Tom King is good at draw, at writing noir and oh, that's great yeah. it's right but you can't apply noir to everything no you can't and sometimes and particularly with like speculative sci-fi if you do too heavy on like noir tropes, like overt over narration, you run the risk of speechifying, and you also run the risk of undercutting yourself. And for the most part, I think that there was a little too much of that in the first half. They tone it down quite a bit in the second half, and they just let the characters speak for themselves and their actions speak for themselves. And mm-hmm. if there's dialogue boxes, it's like internal narration and thought bubbles, not some omniscient narrator saying what the characters are also thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or as another example, um, and I, as much as I love the original Ghost in the Shell movie, the worst part about that was whenever they just stopped and said, okay, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> right. And Dead Man, I know you love that movie, and I like it a lot too, but there were far too many sections where Matoko just stopped and looked at the screen and explained what was going on. Oh, yeah. Totally. That fucking boat. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and to make it even more pretentious, they had shrine bells going off in between bits of uh, expositional dialogue. Well, yeah, I mean, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I, thought the, I, thought those things are pi- I thought those things are piped everywhere. Given that it's fucking Neo Japan or whatever, they probably found a way to like have the water itself emit those sounds. Yeah. But no, so once you take away most of the overt over narration, you just have all the char- the way the character dialogue is written, the way they act, the 
expressions on their faces or sometimes just as effective the lack of expression on their faces as they express heavy emotions. All that comes through very clearly. The one thing I will say I'm glad about is they have a brief fight scene in Volume 2, and I'm glad it wasn't the focus, because that's the one thing this art style cannot do is action. Yeah, was that yeah, um, no. was that Victor, Mancha, and Vin? Y- yes. Uh, well, there was that, but I was referring more to when Vision fights the Avengers. Oh. Right. Yes, that yeah, does happen. They, they show up towards the end, basically shut him down, because he's Lost it. Hey, <laughs> is yo, the whole vision. Frankenstein dog? Th- is the whole Frankenstein dog thing in the second half too? Yeah, it is. Come it on, is. that's that's fucked up. That whole <laughs> the eeriness of that. I'm not whole. saying it wasn't. I'm just <laughs> saying that in the second half, the stuff with the dog worked much better because they just yes. like they had like the scene where the wife loses it and breaks the dog in half. And the moment she does, she feels bad about it because she knows what happened to her and right. or what she's become. That kind of thing. Yeah, that works. But yeah. it also works because Tom King gets out of his own way and doesn't say right. she feels she is an angry, violent thing. And she cannot continue this life that she loves. I feel really sorry. Like I feel really sorry for Virginia in that fucking book. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. And the fact that they got that across as clearly as they did from just a few little bits of dialogue and some narration bubbles. Yeah, yeah. I like all that. Yeah, she's and, like four weeks line. old and she's already driven to suicide. Yeah. And much like um, his father, Ultron, in the second Avengers movie, uh, Vision has mastered creepily singing children's rhymes. Of course he has. <laughs> I mean, he's a fucking yeah, learning computer. That's, those aren't that hard to learn. The way the book ends, yeah. <laughs> but... Given what you said, though, about the first half, like, I understand what you're saying, but don't you think the fact that in the second half he was able to give it more room to breathe the storyline, that all that maybe, that all that stuff that he, he kind of overdid in the first half, like, in your opinion, um, don't you think that he played out masterfully, though, with the ending, like how subtle everything was and how everything kind of played a part through, to the vase of Zen Love or whatever the fuck it was in the house, which played a part in the aftermath with his wife and everything that basically kind of happened. Like, it, it, like you know what I mean? Like, just the little things, the Scarlet Witch history. There, He was dropping, like, some deep, th- like, uh, deep-cut threat, like, things from Marvel history and the Vision in this book towards the Again. end. Again, I will say this again. I, I feel like I've been saying this ever since you guys started bashing me for not outright loving the first volume. I, If you took out the overt narration explaining what I'm looking at, right. the first volume would be fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with the first volume story-wise, not character-wise, not plot-wise, not um, thrill-wise. And it's a great setup for the way things fall apart in the second volume. But the fact that they have all this narration telling me what I'm already seeing for me, is distracting. Okay? Yeah, it's I've been largely joking. No, I know you have, but Nico is the one who... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, I'm just trolling you, too. Oh, that's cool. You're entitled to your opinion. I just yeah. I just wanted to understand. I just that, think when you first came across, it was very unfair, I thought, what you were trying to say about the, about the writing of the story. But I had read the whole thing, I think, at that point. When it's like when that. you and I talked to Nico's girlfriend about Batgirl. <laughs> Well, we were much more polite to her than we are to each other. <laughs> well, yeah, well. that's because she, that's she's not a regular part of this. If she was, if she was on like five episodes in a row, we'd fucking dig into her. 
she was new, so we had to fucking kid gloves. Yeah, yeah particularly with um the, the recent storyline crap. But I, are you I, still keeping track of that? I occasionally look to see how bad it gets, and yeah, he's, he mentioned last just, episode. He was in the shop looking at, at it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like. So, you know, sometimes you see a car wreck and you want to see if it's still there and if it's still a mess. <laughs> How long does it take people to clean up car wrecks in New Orleans? Quite a while, unfortunately. <laughs> when I was like fucking seven, we had a car crash literally literally in front of my house and it was gone before the day was over. <laughs> <laughs> but you're assuming, like, it, even by the standards of United States um, workers, Louisiana is slow. So... Yeah, don't assume efficiency. It doesn't exist. I wanted to <laughs> do a anyway, joke. I wanted to do a fucking mocking thing about that, but I can't think of a decent, terrible Louisiana accent, and I just fucking defaulted to New York. Well, I could just do Cajun catchphrases for the rest of the night if you wanted to be completely ridiculous, but then you would have to try to guess what I mean, and it would be hilarious, I suppose. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, no, the second half of uh, Vision, a great book. I can definitely recommend it, particularly since Tom King gets out of his own way. Huzzah! (laughs) And thus the conversion was complete. Praising the book. (laughs) Even on his own way out there, praising the book. He's like, it was good, but he gets out of his way for a while. (laughs) You're just sitting sitting there with a fucking half-empty bottle of scotch. Just, yeah, it was fucking good. Just leave me alone. Caresses with one hand, slaps with the other. I see how you get down, Bertie. (laughs) No, that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad you liked it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. Anywho. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, So uh, I will talk about, I'm going to talk about uh, Demon. Okay. Have you guys read this comic? It's by a creator named Jason Shiga. I've not even heard of it. So I can't I can't even remember how I came across and found out about this comic, but originally I think it is a comic that he did uh, digitally, like it's an online uh, comic, and uh, now it's being collected by um, First Second, which is more of like I guess like an indie publisher. And uh, there's three volumes out. There's four volumes total that they're going to be printing. I guess of the story that's already been done uh, online, and I'm just gonna. Just posting a picture <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> in the chat right now, which is uh, one of the funnier moments from the first volume. Basically, Demon is about somebody. What who, indie comic is this? <laughs> uh, so, Jason Sheik has done comics for for a while now. Um, I'm not really like too web comics. Uh, no, no, I think he's done more stuff that's been collected in, like, yeah, original graphic novels and stuff like that. He did a book called Meanwhile that I was aware of prior to this, which was a comic where, um, it's one of those, like, choose your own adventure, uh, like, one of those ones where you, like, the whole book can be played out in, like, thousands of different combinations of storyline. Uh, like, he, he, all of his books have some sort of, like, way that he puts it together, like, mathematically, like, I think he... What the fuck? He, what you... Yeah, like he he really really thinks out the plots of these books and Demon, yeah, I can tell by the hardened cum panel. I'm gonna get to that. I put that up as <laughs> uh, Demon is about a guy who basically the other thing that I posted up here uh, picture. That's how the book starts out is him writing a letter that he's gonna you know kill himself and basically hang himself. But what happens? That's how the book opens up. But what happens is he ends up waking up and he's still alive. 
So he tries to kill himself again. He wakes up. He's still alive. Tries to kill himself again. Nothing's working. He can't kill himself. He finds out that he is, he has the ability to basically survive because he is in fact a demon who can kill himself and then inhabit the closest body next to him. <laughs> in wherever in the world that he is. So he could kill himself forcefully, end up in the next person down the street from him because that person's the closest person, inhabit that person's body, end up killing himself again and basically keep going throughout his life like that. And then basically the book gets into this point where he wanted to end it, but then he has some new, new purpose in life and he ends up, uh, there's an agent that finds out about his ability to do this. And, uh, and as the story goes on, the agent basically becomes the person that makes this his life goal to take him down. And, uh, as the book goes on, he keeps putting him in complicated scenarios where, uh, Let's say there's nobody around him for a body to inhabit or no way for him to actually physically kill himself. The hard and come <laughs> um, panel that I put up in the chat is the funniest part from the first volume because he's stuck in a jail cell naked with nothing in the room to actually physically kill himself with. What he does is he jerks off so many times he takes hard and come and stabs himself in the neck. <laughs> I don't think that's how jizz works. Right, so they somehow come up with a way where he talks for I two pages. Killed by pants. <laughs> he talks for about two minutes, uh, two pages worth of, of of a plan and how to make the cum an actual solid. <laughs> and where he actually ends up stabbing himself and getting out of the jail cell, and I just thought that was a funny moment that I, as I was going through pictures when I googled it, I, I just that's why I threw what it up in the he, chat. What is he, the saint? Or mean? the pro? The saint is the guy in the pro. Oh, okay. Yeah, the pro doesn't ejaculate because she's a lady. The saint's the one oh, who the, the saint's the one who shoots the wing off an airplane with his jism. Yeah, you're talking. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you're talking about yeah the pro uh, prostitute comic Garth Ennis. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I read that. Um, no, it was, it was so like that but, guy just like all right, yeah, just fucking point at myself like a, like one of those like shotgun things, but instead of like with shotgun, you just point your dick at your face. Listen, don't base everything I've talked about this book just off that panel. I just thought it was funny, so I put it in there. But basically, the book is actually very quite good. I think you guys might like it. it, it you know what I can actually – I could actually um, – the closest thing that I can maybe relate it to that you guys would know. You know how – which actually becomes annoying as the more the volumes go on, but I think that they pull it off a lot better in this. You know, like in Death Note where they – continuously rewrite the rules to their advantage and like you know what i mean like ways that they can figure new scenarios out this is basically the same thing but it's but you, you get what i'm saying though like it's he they keep finding new ways for this person to use his demon power to get through each scenario based type thing that happens in each volume as the story progresses and then you find out that the agent that's following him is also a demon. You find out that his his daughter is a demon, has demon blood in her as well. And they keep getting put into these situations where you're like, okay, how the fuck are they going to get out of this situation? And the only way a demon can die is if a demon dies in the vicinity of another, another demon where they can't actually take over their body. They're forced to actually just die. Yeah, but then I remember there's, in there's, Death, sounds like I remember really... one of those early chapters of Death Note where Light was like, all right, so this guy will slow to start with his own hardened cum. Then it didn't work, so he just died of a heart attack. 
No, I'm not talking actually, about the hard income, but <laughs> actually, Dead Man, you know what this sounds like? What is it? It sounds like um a comedic take, uh, a comedic spiritualist take on a very bad multiplayer version of um crap. What's that game called? Uh, Mind Prototype. Jack? Prototype. Prototype. How you know, the so? The one where you get the the alien virus weapons, where you can then eat people's and then walk around in them for a while, or you can throw yourself off the building and not die because you landed inside someone's skin. In prototype, when you jump off a building and you land and don't die, that's just because there's no fall damage. Yeah. You know, like you know, like your legs like turned like fucking springs of spaghetti carbonara, and then just cushion your fall or whatever. Or you just land and like fuck it because. Superhero landings were cool back then. Yeah. But also, this is like a dark comedic twist instead of yeah. where it, it, Prototype was playing at Edgelord straight because <laughs> they could still do that in 2009. <laughs> yeah. And actually, here's the thing. Here's the question. So, when he possesses a person's body, does that person's body change into the fat guy that he is? No, he basically takes the form of any body, yeah, that he actually takes possession of. So, like, this, in this instance, he was forced to take the, the body of a fat person that was in jail, but then he turns around and now he's stuck in this situation that was set up by the agent where he's actually stuck in the prison and there's no way for him to actually kill himself in this prison cell. So he's forced to pull off that ridiculous cum thing, which I feel now that I kind of led the story off with that panel is misleading you, you misleading, bearing the lead to this. No, no, no. It's actually, yeah, you have to be careful with leading with a joke panel because it, yeah. it, it, it t- particularly something like that, because much like talking about the nail, it tends to distract from everything else. Right. Yeah, you latch on, you latch on to the crazy thing you show first. Everything after that right. is just filtered through a lens of hard and cum. Sure. So, fair enough. But that is only one moment out of the first volume of three that have come out so far. In the third volume, they've gone so far along in the storyline, he's actually outlived and outsmarted the agent, where it's him and his daughter now living life as two demons in the future, like thousands of years later. Uh, but they've gotten bored. They've done and did everything. They just they just do ma- like a, a massive amount of fucking crazy drugs at this point because they're just bored with life and they just go around traveling everywhere. They're like, oh, you want to be a famous movie star for a day yeah sure fuck it kill themselves take over like the body of that different people and they just start doing ridiculous fucking shit like you just they cut to like a couple pages of just ridiculous shit that these two are doing because they're so bored with life like i think he's fucking like a like a bear in the ass in one of the fucking (laughs) it's just like stupid like he's just lost all sense of like at least i didn't lead with that picture he just lost all like they they're just they're just bored with life because they've been living for thousands of years. And the weird thing is his daughter is out doing these things in people's bodies. And therefore, she's an adult, obviously, because she's lived this long. But she's in a little girl's body still this whole time. So uh-huh. it's kind of weird that she has to actually live as an adult who has no, all this experience. That's, that's not all that weird anymore. That was, speaking of Kirsten Dunst, that was ruined by Interview for the Vampire in the early 90s. So that's <laughs> not that new a concept 
Yeah, I'm not trying to say it is. It's just it's just funny uh, the situations that she's put in in this because they they normally will show you what they still think of themselves like their old actual bodies unless it actually has something to do with the situation like they did in this prison scene and uh, and then you find out the agent reemerges in this third volume and basically he was a demon and he's come up with this genius way that he can finally take these guys out uh, for good and at the end of this volume it actually looks like. Uh, he is in some sort of a purgatory state where he actually traveled into the womb of a woman who is not given birth yet. So he is actually has to wait until she gives birth because that is what he was forced to actually travel what, into. You mean he, can't kill, <laughs> he can't kill himself with his own umbilical cord? He's not actually even at that stage yet. Ah, like he's, I see. yeah, yeah. So, so, hmm. yeah, so it's, it's, it, you'd think, actually, you'd think uh, the mom would be closer than the person inside the mom. <clears throat> they, exp- I, whatever way they explain it, yeah. I, I can't remember, but I, I sometimes think weird comedy body swapping, uh, it leads to weird things, dead but man. That's, like in, but that's, yeah, sorry, go on. I was just saying, there was an episode of Justice League action recently where, uh, Mixel Spitlick, Decided to fuck with the Justice League by putting a whole bunch of them in a mind swap puree machine. <laughs> so it ended up with like Star Girl in uh, Superman's body, Batman in Star Girl's body, and such. Or and what ended up fucking Mitchell Spitlick over was that when he fucked with Firestorm, uh, Doctor Stein's head brain ended up in his. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I just had to I just had to double check cuz I've recalled why that happened. So basically when he got killed this last time, he was in a car crash that the agent caused and he couldn't go inside the agent cuz the agent is also a demon which you find out, but he ends up going inside the little girl in the back seat of the car who I guess was pregnant, which they weren't aware of. And since he was underneath the car when he got run over, he went inside her womb. I guess I don't know, but but they don't actually That's say that. Oddly complicated. And you see, but this is this is, and they don't actually explain that. But I'm just trying to. They don't explain that whole because he's underneath the car. I'm just guessing, but. But this is what I meant by – that's why I compared it to Death Note because when Death Note starts out, they're like, oh, these are the rules. This is how it works. But then as the story progresses, it continuously keeps almost rewriting itself to the well, point yeah, where – Yeah, but I'm hoping it doesn't follow – I'm sorry. I'm hoping it doesn't follow the Death Note trend of being absolute shit after the first half. No. This is quite good. This is quite good. It actually just won an Eisner a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it actually did. I'm not even joking. Demon did win an Eisner for – one of the uh, Eisner podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, the well, Eisner fight. No, well, it's just well, well, welcome to Nico's um, Eisner Awards. <laughs> I did actually hear the award winners this year, so it's. <laughs> um, I read this prior to them winning the award, though, but because uh, you know I read awesome comics and all about the Eisner Award winners. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, I, mean, I, I honestly wa- everybody think- wants your hot takes on the Eisners. Yeah, I I want I actually would wouldn't mind if you guys if you do get a chance to check this out because I think you would would like it. I might not have sold it to you guys, but I think if you checked it out, you might actually quite enjoy it. I think it's fun. Well, it's, I mean, when you lead with hard to come, how can you not have a hard sell on that? Right. <laughs> I would like to hear what you guys think of it, anyways. If you do ever check it out, but um, like I said, there's it's all could all be found online, and uh, and uh, the fourth volume is going to come out, I think, in a couple of months, which concludes the story so yeah check it out it's called Gumby Demon. one of one of the first eisner awards wow gumby classic character 
Can't go wrong. Gumby, Pokey, come on now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Demons by Jason Shiga. It is an online comic. It is collected in three different volumes from first, second comics. Yeah, check it out. I really, really enjoyed it. It's just a fun, quick read, and it's got cartoony art, and it's it is a dark comedy as well. Like it is has very comical moments, and and actually very smart, uh, very uh, written very well. I think um, he he does come up with some pretty crazy scenarios that he puts him through and explains it in in a way where it is fucking batshit crazy but <laughs> it's 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 fun to see him work his way out of every situation that he gets put into so yeah okay all right then my first book it's called crosswind <clears throat> it's a new gail no clue what this is it's a new gail simone book from image okay uh with art by cat stags and it is about a mafia hitman and a suburban housewife switching bodies. Huh. Is it a comedy? Because that sounds like the lead up to a joke. It is not a comedy. It is some kind of weird supernatural mystery thing because a person caused this to happen. Okay. Yeah, so our two leads are um, Cason Bennett, the hitman, and Juniper Blue, the housewife. Uh, Kaysen, in his life, uh, he is dealing with, like, his boss's idiot kid. He is dealing with all kinds of other bullshit at his work, like double-crossing and everything. Uh, the housewife is dealing with the fact that her stepson hates her, her husband's a bit of a dick, and all the neighborhood boys are sexually harassing her. So the two of them... Ah. Yeah, so the first issue is just the... It's just seeing these two people getting a feel for how these characters are. They don't. Okay. They, they don't actually switch until the very end of the issue. Okay. Yeah. Going into the second issue, we start getting more. We 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 actually see them now. That they've switched, getting used to their situations and adapting surprisingly quickly on both fronts. So it's a Freaky Friday esque story, kind of. That's played uh, straight. Yeah, but like not freak, not not Freaky Friday because Freaky Friday was hey I hey I kind of want like oh you fucking don't know shit about me then they switch in order to learn like some lesson about themselves or whatever. These people don't even know each other is what you're saying. Yeah, they have They're never just, met and just some dude calls them on the phone and says hey fuck bag here's what's happening eat a dick bye. And then they just end up switching bodies somehow after this phone call is made. No, no, they they got the phone call after they swapped bodies from the person who supposedly swapped their bodies. Huh. Okay. Yeah, uh, when they do, right before they swap, we get a couple of um, text boxes of just this uh, of this uh, monologue. Uh, even in dreams, even in darkness, I see you, and then they get switched. And it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a um, uneven scale on this because Juniper was in the grocery store shopping for food for her husband for her husband uh, because her husband was bringing her his boss over for dinner and what are they going to have? Meanwhile, Kason was disposing of a dead body. Right. <laughs> so you got hardened hitman ending up in the ladies' bathroom in some shopping mall in the Midwest, and then you have some fucking housewife ending up in a skeezy hotel bathroom with a dead body covered in blood. So it's like <clears throat> Lady Killer, but she has no actual killer experience. <laughs> she's a housewife, but she's not an actual hit woman. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and sucks. so... <laughs> yeah, and so... So the... I'm just going to call them by their real names, but I'm referring to them like in the other person's body, so like... When I say when I say Bennett, I'm talking about the talking about the hitman in the housewife, and then when I'm talking about Blue, the housewife and the hitman. Okay. So Bennett, he immediately just fucking gets in. Like, he gets a phone call and saying like, "Hey, you need to go fucking cook dinner for your husband, otherwise every, everything's gonna be fucking going to shit, dude." So he looks at the shopping list, goes white people food, and then immediately threatens a fucking uh, like like stock boy, saying, "Hey, where's this shit?" Fuck ass. Goes goes home, starts cooking food. Uh, beats the shit out of her stepson. Well, not not beats the shit. Like just slaps. Like he is disrespecting her. So, so Bennett just smacks him in the fucking face, which immediately turns him into the fucking perfect child. Mm. Yeah, I'm really tired of that routine. Like I get. Uh, I get sometimes you want to smack a kid for being stupid, but I'm always kind of leery of the, of the, that, that almost seems to be a trope now when a bad person goes into a normally good person's body and their way of dealing with children is much more violent and harsh and it works better because of that. That's freaking, um, whatchamacallit, face-off territory. Yeah, but it's not just like it's not like just like oh yeah, I smack you and then he's better. Like he like she he smacks the kid and then actually like tries to be a good parent to him. Like like yeah, you disrespected me, so you get hit. But after that, I'm gonna be a parent. Like like the kid the kid came in with like a black eye and so she, so she like smacks in the head. Then she immediately goes and gets like a fucking like wet towelette or something to like start like just like putting it over the wound so it doesn't cause any kind of swelling or anything. It's like, hey, who gave you that fucking black eye? And then he doesn't want to tell her, so she respects his privacy and stuff. And then later that night, she finds out that, hey, these fuckers are these fuckers are fucking with our shit and like they all kinds of people. And so then she goes to kill them. It's weird. It, I, I think it works all right in the context of the book itself, but I do get where you come from with the trope. Mm-hmm. Weird other, yeah. Weird other thing that isn't kind of a trope, but for some reason I think it is. Is that uh, so? So uh, so that so that's like the lady story. In the hitman story, uh, the wife is in the bathroom freaking out, and then and then just kind of immediately just <clears throat> recognize recognize the situation, and then expertly disposes of the dead body and also cleans the crime scene to an extent that nobody will ever know they were there. Because, you know, being a housewife, you know how to clean good. Uh, I... I do not get that. And also the fact that she... Also the fact like she is so fucking calm about all of it. Like when she first got, when, like when she first shows up in the fucking body, she's like, "Oh God, everything's horrible." And then the second that phone call with the guy ends, and she's like, "Hey, we're not going to jail." She is just fucking stone cold. Like fucking pulls a gun on a dude and is just like super down just to fucking shoot him. Like not even any kind of like hesitation or shake to the gun, 
At least as far as the art is concerned, it's just yeah, that, gun out. I'm good. That sounds like the writer doesn't care much about what the housewife is doing, <laughs> or at least not character wise. She she might just be an avatar to figure out the plot, and all the interesting character stuff ends up going to the dude and the housewife. I hope that's not what it's leading to, but that's what it seems you're suggesting. I hope not. Like Gail Simone is a Gail Simone's a good writer, so I hope that's not yeah. the case. Yeah, and she's been fucked over by mainstream comics a lot, so I want her to have some indie hits. But yeah, but I feel like this might be a bit more of a showcase for uh, the artist Cat Stags. Yeah, that's also possible. Yeah, because her artwork is very distinctive. Sure. You ever see a scanner darkly? Yeah. What if that was a comic? That's basically the art. Okay, that would be a a weird transition, to say the least. It kind of is, but I, it kind of works. Like, the backgrounds... The backgrounds are a bit rough in some cases. Like sometimes they do a really good job of like having what looks like very obvious, like photos melding with the melding with like the, you know, art stuff in the, in the, in the foreground, like the painted over images. At least that's what they look like to me. If they aren't, then if they aren't, then Stags is a bizarre talent. No. Yeah. This look, this does look pretty photo referencey kind of, yeah, which there's I'm nothing wrong with that right now. Like there's no, nothing wrong there's good. nothing wrong with like yeah. reference photos like fucking Yeah. Guy what I mean, did our next machina. As long as it's as long as it's not Greg Land tracing. Yeah, there's like, not like, really yeah. a problem with using photo references cuz a lot of times a lot artists will use photo reference to get a better sense of how to draw themselves. That's not oh, a yeah. bad idea. It's the same gets the same concept as drawing a live nude artist or such thing. Yeah, this but, it doesn't seem so much like um like reference so much as like actual rotoscoping. But it's like yeah, using, well, or, but it's like using original idea. photos. Yeah, it, it, it isn't like yeah, that's it, fine. Yeah, it isn't like that's they got fine. like stock photos. Just like all right, so let's see if we can work these into a scene. It looks like it was no, like that's <laughs> it looks like it was like I said yeah. the ex machina guy where he specifically sets up and frames shots and then draws based yeah. on those. Tony Harris. Yeah, yeah Tony Harris. This seems like some, yeah. this seems like some he, Harris uh, shit unless Greg Land. Oh no! Yeah, no, you can tell. The difference when you look at it. That's yeah, this not this has actual. Are you saying that this artist is not a fan of porn faces? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> she is a fan of like faces, faces. Yeah. I don't see anybody crying out with their mouth open in the preview pages that I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody going. There's nobody going to punch somebody and look like they just fucking nutted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody. Greg nobody Land. is fucking spread eagle. Yeah, I I want to see where this goes. Cuz this looks this is kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like like I like yeah, the whole like the whole mismatch body swap thing is a bit of a fucking played out trope at this point. But I I guess I'm confident in Gail Simone as a writer and I kind of just want to see more of this artwork. Because it is okay. really interesting to me. So yeah, kind of a kind of a loose recommendation for Crosswind at this point. It's 
Right. Was it two issues in, you said? Yeah, two issues in, and I'm mainly keeping on with it because of the talent behind it. Right. Not so much for the content itself. Yeah. You have faith that she'll uh, bring it home. Here's hoping, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's a good recommendation, then. Yeah. Anyway, Birdie. All right. Well, before I start on my second book, I'm just going back to Nico's uh, Eisner Award thing. I found this funny. Um, the, the the list for the last five or six years of um, Eisner winners for best indie comic was Saga, 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 Southern Bastards, Saga, Saga. I know. Yeah, that tracks. They won again this year. They they won again. They won another award this year. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I, can you? Blame? I don't think it means. It's still good, but I think it's kind of... Yeah, I, I feel like after that like first time winning, they should have let somebody else win. It's... I just think it's... I think there's so many other good comics that deserve to get recognized at this point, and I'm Absolutely. not saying that, that that should be the only criteria. Like, if something they still feel is the best, then they should still win, but I just think it's... I, I just don't think at this point in the series run, although it's still good that they should have won this year again for best series or whatever it won for, because I wouldn't say at this point in the storyline, it should have won for this past year, but that's just me. Right. I I think that I I think it's very, it's getting very overrated at this point where it's still quality. It's still good. I still read it. I still like, enjoy it. I just don't think that a a year after year, they should just throw at the award after five or six (laughs) years. The fact that saga is good is no longer a surprise. Yeah. Maybe after like three consecutive wins, they should have stopped being nominated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just like, like, Hey, all right. So you get three consecutive Eisner awards. You get a lifetime achievement award. Fuck it. Let other people win. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, on to, a book I'm not sure how I feel about, but you guys have talked about before. Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> this book got weird. Is this Wait, is this the main ongoing series now? Or no, the Secret no, Wars? The sec- no, it's the Secret Wars the, tie-in. No, the this sec- is the alternate universe thing. where This is the Secret Wars spinoff. Spider-Man and... Right. Their- Daughter the, Annie. the original miniseries, not the series that's happening in like current. No, it's the, I'm talking about the current series. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, oh, they're, okay. yeah. There was the miniseries that tied into Secret Wars, and then that spun off into its own original miniseries. Or I guess okay, ongoing. No, I haven't. I haven't read any. I haven't read any yeah. of this. I, I've only read the original one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this book's weird. Like, I mean, with the the concept alone was going to always be weird. I mean. While it seems like the idea of, okay, just go back to pretending one more day didn't happen. You know, it's a nice concept. But you have to wonder if you're... You have to start changing stuff away from the main timeline at that point. Just to make it just somewhat distinct from the main Spider-Man story. And the stuff they do to kind of get around that is just weird. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Apparently, Regent both exists in the main Spider-Man timeline and in the Renew Your Vows storyline, and he kidnaps Peter Parker using uh, the Moloids from uh, the Mole Man, and Mary Jane convinces the Avengers, and and her and her daughter goes off to fu- get her hu- to get her father back, and Mary Jane has to convince the Avengers to go up against Regent, mm-hmm. and when they beat him, 
Peter finds a way to use her his regent's tech to give Mary Jane a version of his powers and a really stupid suit. Ugh, the <laughs> fucking suits. There's so many bad suits in comics, if we can just talk about that for a well, moment right now. Is, oh. um, we can talk about it, but like, what's funny is... Okay, so black suit Spider-Man and regular suit Spider-Man are both good for different reasons. Sure. They're not the same, but... They're distinctly different. Yeah, the black's classic. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I love that suit. I mean, there's nothing wrong Mary, with it. Mary Jane's suit now only looks good because she is now wearing the Venom symbiote, mm. and and it it doesn't look like Peter's version of the Venom symbiote. It kind of looks like uh, a a a, reha- a a remix on uh, Jessica Carpenter or the Anya Corazon Spider Woman black suit. If you know what I'm referencing. I think so. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I like. I actually the one where she's got the ponytail that comes out of the back of the head. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, the, bringing the Venom symbiote back and putting it on someone else was always going to be kind of a weird concept, anyway. But they make it weirder in that it was a deliberate move to distract Spider-Man by. Criminal mastermind Liz Allen, who wants her son Normie, who is Harry Osborne's child, to take mm-hmm. over New York. Oh, so she, so so she is. Um, that so whole Liz thing Allen is evil is in this and, comic. Is yeah, in Liz this, Allen is, uh, is in this comic. Evil gave Mary Jane the Venom symbiote to act as a distraction to keep Spider Man from looking too deeply into other stuff, so that no, her son Normie, who I'm guessing is Harry Osborne's son. Mm. can bring back the goblin empire <laughs> oh fuck so they're really <laughs> delving into the 90s fucking storylines by kind of throwing a lot of this shit yeah in. but so like, in, like in this case it's it's kind of the dumb stupid crazy that i kind of right. enjoy not the sure. edgelord ultra violent silly ridiculous <laughs> crazy that's like the current venom book or mm-hmm. anything or or uh the what is it um Crap, now my brain's gone dead. Never mind. Uh, but, like, I kind of like this. Just, as, and for, if nothing else, I like that seeing this Peter Parker, not the current Peter Parker, so it's a nice distraction. And, yeah, no, it's not really a good story. It's too crazy to be a good story. And also, and this kind of occurred to me as I was reading it, a lot of Marvel comics now feel like half measures. Mm-hmm. Where they have a they do they change something a little but not enough to make a real difference. And for example, the the renew your vow storyline feels like a half measure in between mainstream Spider Man and the Spider Man from the Marvel Universe two storyline where uh, Spider Man and Mary Jane had a grown up daughter after Peter retired. This mm-hmm. is kind of in between those two things, where there's still a family life, but he's still Spider-Man full-time. Right. And the result of that is it's got some elements of both that I like, but not enough of either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I, what everybody likes right now about the current Superman book. It's similar in the sense that, like, yeah, he has a son, and this is this is almost... Although it's in the main continuity, this book, as far as I know, is not. No, right? it's not, as, right. as far as I yeah. can tell. But, like, with... With web warriors in the Spider-Verse, it's hard to tell. <laughs> right. 
yeah, this could be going on, I guess, in another Spider Verse, or I guess that's the case with this, right? Like that—that that was what. Yeah, it I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, right? Like, I think this. Well, I, I know he doesn't have—he doesn't have a kid in the main continuity book, like in no, the Iron Man. No, but he's also that's like Mary Jane's not in this book anymore, and right. In fact, I don't even know who's in the main Spider-Man book anymore. That's how little I care. But uh, right, yeah, same. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's a, this is a problem I'm having with a lot of Marvel books. Like the the Silk book feels like a half measure trying to get Silk away from Spider-Man, but she's not interesting enough as a character to be compelling. Or like the the new Jennifer Walters Hulk book feels like a half measure in between old Jennifer Walters and Incredible Hulk. And the mm-hmm. result is just a boring mess. Mm-hmm. So I might read another issue or two of this just to see if it can get crazier. But I I, I was kind of suspected when I read this is like, okay, this thing's kind of doomed to fail. It mm-hmm. just hasn't yet. Hey man, somebody wrote nice. in a letter to Dan Slott. <laughs> I will never nice, I will though. never yeah. not use that fucking excuse. No, I I mean I the art is good and particularly um they do a weird version of you know that scene from the original black suit uh um the that weird dream scene from the original black suit saga where it's Peter Parker is being fought over by the Venom suit and his original Spider-Man suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They do actually a version of that where uh, Peter does something to help Mary Jane get free of the of the of Venom's control long enough for her to get into a psychic full on beat down with the Venom symbiote in her mind. Which <laughs> Peter is just watching this happen because it's it's one of those you look like you're fighting yourself things. So Peter's just wondering what's happening that Venom threw itself into a concrete wall. And is probably just trying his hardest not to say, stop hitting yourself. Yeah. Well, I think he starts off, it's like, well, this is a weird kabuki theater bit, but can you tell me what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> <laughs> I miss Mayday. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying while you were gone, is that, May- that this version of Spider-Man feels like a half measure in between mainstream Spider-Man and the MC2 universe with... Uh, Peter being retired and her being the full-time Spider-Man. It's not, it's got elements of both, but not enough of either. Yeah. I remember I got that fucking, I remember I read that like first trade that they released of that. I was so fucking hyped for it. It was just, it was, I really enjoyed reading that. Yeah. No, the, the Mayday Spider-Girl run was great. At least for yeah, the, like, like old, the, the fucking like, in, the, Mid fifties year old Peter Parker with like a single like single streak of gray through his hair like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, Doc, Doctor Strange Peter Parker. Yeah, just walking yeah. around the cane at all times because his <laughs> leg is fucked. Yeah, and Mary Jane upset. Mary Jane trying to be both understanding of her daughter, but also upset with her for doing stuff that constantly. I, I like Mary Jane in that story a lot. And yeah, that just. This just feels like a half, like I said, half measures, and that's a problem with a lot of Marvel books right now. They're half mm, measures; they can't yeah. commit to an idea. Same with Hulk. Same with Black Cat. Same. And any ideas they do commit to are terrible. Yeah. Fucking Captain Marvel. <sighs> yeah. Fucking I noticed America. the Generations book is going to have Kamala Khan working at the business 
Carol Danvers worked at when she was still a schizophrenic superhero, and I was wondering if they were going to bring that back. I don't think they will. <laughs> Probably it would be not. Funny if they did. Where did you have you read the original uh, Miss Marvel run from the late seventies? I have not. Yeah, by the halfway point of it, they got rid of this plot point, but. Originally, when she got the Kree DNA, it caused her to be schizophrenic, so she could only have powers as Captain Marvel and have no powers as Carol Danvers, and there's no awareness of either. <laughs> so she's Captain Underpants? Kind of. <laughs> just somebody snaps like her fingers, up, that, she, like, somebody snaps her fingers, and then Ms. Marvel just appears out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah. She wakes up at one point and it's like, oh my god, who threw that man in the scorpion costume on top of the building? <laughs> Yeah, just Kid Cree has to, like, fucking put her back in a regular house and dump a glass of water on her head to turn her back to normal. Why hasn't there been... I, maybe because there's illustrations in it. I was about to say, why hasn't there been a Captain Underpants comic? But I guess that's because... That's because those are the books. stories had a lot of illustrations anyway. Yeah, those... They don't really need them because they just... They had, they had the books. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, renew your vows. Stupid crazy, but occasionally kind of fun. It's not worth All it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the miniseries uh, for Secret okay. Wars wasn't worth it. This isn't worth it either. I mean, it was like I said. It was. I, I might buy the if if they come down in price. I might buy the two issues of Mary Jane fighting with the Venom symbiote. If for nothing else, just the image of Mary Jane punching Venom in the face, so that Venom can throw itself through a concrete wall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that might be worth it. <laughs> anyway, Nico. All right. Uh, so I'm talking about some frostbite here. Uh, so this Man, was a glad I'm not in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is dude. A we're, six-ish... In the middle, we're in the fucking August. We don't have frostbite. We have heat stroke here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know. And, I don't... But you actually have a a period of time where you could get frostbite. Oh, absolutely. Winter in New Orleans is like, uh, I got to put on a jacket, I guess. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so Frostbite is a six-issue miniseries that... Uh, by who? Almo- by almost the defunct Vertigo imprint over at DC Comics. Oh, it's not now. defunct. I it's just, it just doesn't almost. do much anymore. <laughs> yeah, almost is what, what I said. Yeah, it's... It, they this was part of a, the wave of I guess like a year or or two back they kind of announced like a bunch of new Vertigo series that they were going to do or minis prior to the Young Animal announcement and I think this was part of that wave of books that they first announced and the cool thing about this book which made me want to check it out was that it was uh, Joshua Will- uh, Williamson that was doing the writing uh, on this which you know we we know from uh, you know lots That's of books right. Yeah, Birthright, Nailbiter, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Flash. He did the button portions of that. So he's been doing more DC superhero work as of recently. I feel well. so sorry for him. Well, no, I think he's been doing a good job, to be honest. He's been doing a good job, but it's only yeah. a matter of time before editorial turns his ugly head and just says, hey, you're writing fucking six issues of some bullshit we thought up. Right. It's going to yeah, tie yeah, into I'm, this I'm, video I'm, game I'm, release. Unfortunately, I think all of DC's old bad editorial decisions have moved over to Vertigo, but they've, <laughs> they've managed to contain all of them in one space, and unfortunately, to get any good DC, they had to basically give 
vertigo cancer. They had to bring it back <laughs> to give it cancer just so it could kill the virus with it. Yeah, they got wild storm young animal to film the fucking like pick up the pick up the yeah. slack. Yeah, they like, did. I would, like I would love to see a return of some of the vertigo properties. I love. like. I mean, fables. I don't want to come back because that came, that that finished and it was awesome. But stuff like um, Gen thirteen. I Gen thirteen was Wildstorm. Well, yeah, I was uh, at Vertigo and Wildstorm. You meant both, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have no, d- differentiated. Mm. But no, a lot of the stuff I've seen Wildstorm doing recently either feels like unfortunate rehashes of books that were popular years ago, or just bad ideas. <laughs> so far, I think Wildstorm has only released the Wildstorm. Yeah, they announced the second. Of. They announced the second book, I think, at San Diego, which is going to be coming out soon, where I think this is the first of, I think, three or four books that Warren Ellis was talking about that he is going to um, be co-writing the plot for, right? So, so yeah, that, that could be good. But, yeah, Vertigo definitely isn't what it used to be, but I think this this almost feels like this may have even been a uh, an idea that Josh Williamson, since he is over at DC, kind of had, maybe didn't bring to Image or Image didn't want, and he basically brought it over to Vertigo. Um, but in the same sense, it does still feel like a Vertigo book. The artist on it is Jason Sean Alexander, which I don't know if you had read this, uh, Dead Man. Did you check this out originally? Uh, which one? The Frostbite book. Frostbite. I have not. I'm talking about. Okay. I don't think you'd like the art on it personally because, like, uh, the Jason Sean Alexander art is very uh, dark and inky, and I would compare it to a jock style. Yeah, so I know that's not normally your cup of tea. So um, I did not mind it for this, and in that, and it, because it has that style, again, it felt very Vertigo. So, so yeah, it fits. Um, but it's a little six issue mini that I did quite find enjoyable. Uh, I like Joshua Williamson's writing. I felt that he kind of brought something to this where you do not see in his current DC superhero work. Uh, nor in even his image work, I would say. Like, it's definitely, it, it's well, more well-written than that, I would say. Not even it's better, it's just written differently. So it almost felt like, it didn't feel like a Joshua Williamson book at first. So I did really enjoy it. Uh, the basic premise is that, um, frostbite is, uh, is a disease that exists in, like, the post-apocalyptic America of the future where they're kind of like in like a, a Arctic, uh, wilderness now. And, and like, uh, like the new ice age. Damn you basically. global warming. Yeah. And they have this thing where frostbite is an actual incurable disease that was brought on by, I guess this group of scientists, six scientists that, uh, basically made them go into this new ice age. Uh, they did something that made it so, and and now there's a disease that exists called frostbite where you basically just become, you know, you look frostbitten and you become frozen and, and, and like, and, and it's your body basically, yeah, starts deteriorating, but it, it also is to the point where you can never feel warm and it causes you pain like frostbite would. And, but it's, 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 it, um, it's frostbite on meth. Yeah. And, and people can actually, um, get the frostbite from you like it's like so if if somebody in this book basically is revealed to have frostbite in the town like it has basically brought towns to the ground because of the chaos that it wreaks when people find out that there's this spreadable communicable disease of the frostbite uh that's basically 
in their town. So, so in the book, like somebody was revealed to have frostbite that was out in the cold. These blankets kind of rip off of them, and they basically get shot in the face, like right away, and killed because they do not want this uh, to spread and basically ruin the the area. And and everyone's kind of walking around with like these heat packs or these kind of like warm soup type things, uh, basically trying Long to survive drums. and. Yeah, and uh, like uh, these, like you know, almost like kind of heat, like jackets that kind of have like uh, thermal like, insulating, like, thermal insulating, kind of, but but more advanced. Like it's very, it's it's not like you know stuff Future that we have today. Thermal insulating material, pretty much, yes. <laughs> and th- that basically becomes like a hot commodity. Like people are trying to get these things in order to <laughs> survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it's a very basic uh, story that we've seen before in the sense that she comes across this girl and uh, her father, who the father turns out to be, he reveals himself to be one of the six scientists, the only one still left alive that basically started this whole shitstorm with the new Ice Age. And he reveals himself to the main uh uh, antagonist of the uh, sorry protagonist in the storyline, which basically uh, makes her kill. Like she basically, once he reveals himself to her, she kills him. And then, as he's dying, he tells her that he's been trekking across the this Arctic with his daughter in order to bring her to this place where she actually holds the cure to frostbite that will help out the help everybody out and actually solve like their issues with this whole new ice age and. And uh, so, yeah, the, and then, as you would guess, uh, she basically becomes her her guide and has to protect her. And she finds out that she killed her father about halfway through the journey. And that obviously causes issues between them. But that was something that she didn't know. And then she basically has to bring her to the to the end point where she has to deliver this cure for the frostbite. And from there, she basically for the rest of her life, you f- and the big twist that you don't find out on the first issue, but I guess the second or third issue, which you can probably see coming, is that the person that is basically guiding her has frostbite. Oh my god! Yeah, and she's not trying to to let anybody know that she has it, but she's slowly dying. And then when they get the cure in the end, uh, she is basically tasked because she the the frostbite had spread all over her body too much at that point that she is going to be forever delivering the cure throughout the world. As they know it, because uh, as this frostbitten person, uh, it, like in order to like help save the world at the end of the book. So, so question. <laughs> yeah. Do they give a good explanation as to why curing a disease changes the climate? Because the way you described it, mm-hmm. it was it was yeah you got to cure this disease and in doing so stop the ice age. Yeah, no, sorry, I misspoke. So it's not; it has nothing to do with stopping the ice age, but basically just to help cure this disease that they have spreading that is caused by this the ice age. Okay, because that would be interesting. Like, hey, we cure the common cold, and because of that, the because of that the polar ice cap stopped melting. Yeah, no, no, I misspoke with that. And I, we got some fucking cooling that. pipes installed in there. Yeah, no, no, I caught. I did notice that I meant, I said it like that, but yeah, that that's not the case. Basically. It's really just about more so the disease at this point that's slowly killing off everybody. And there's like the 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 bad guy in this is this guy that's in this like heat room that has frostbite. So, but he can never 
room, leave this room that's at ungodly temperatures. Like if people go and talk to this bad guy that worked for him, like his fucking goons or whatever, they, if they step inside the room, they'll just basically burn to a crisp. But, the, <laughs> but so this guy, so this guy is, is in the room for so long that by the end of the story, it kind of hangs on the cliffhanger that his actual disease is mutated into this sort of, hybrid type disease that he has now where he has frostbite but at the same time he has he's been in this heat environment for so long that it's basically he's survived the disease and it's become like its own thing and he's just so now he's kind of all burnt to a crisp and frostbitten so it's really it's really the heat out of other people (laughs) i don't know but they kind of just left on the (laughs) off on this cliffhanger uh, of his face at the end and basically him saying, you know, uh, I'm going to go find this woman myself. So I don't know if he, if there's going to be a sequel to this or not. I didn't get the feeling that it would. I think it was just like a bum, 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 like a kind of like an ending yeah, just, where it's like, bum, oh, bum, you know, and just, yeah. hey, hey if vertical gives us money. Yeah. So it's not like the right most unique, <laughs> unique idea. Like I said, it's something that has definitely been done before. Uh, but but I did enjoy reading it, and I did like the art, and I thought it was a nice little mini series that just came out in trade a couple weeks ago. So definitely don't regret reading it. But it, you know, you could you can pass on this whether or not. It, I would say again, like you mentioned with the Gail Simone thing, if you're a fan of J- Joshua Williamson and you like his writing, I would just strictly support this based off of you being interested in checking out for those reasons. So yeah, bye, right, cool. Yeah. So my next book, um. Redneck. Yes. Yes, this is a new book from uh, Donnie Cates. Uh, he's guy's on a roll. Yeah, he's working a few books going right now. <sighs> yes, this is a book about vampires. And it took mm-hmm. me way too long to get the joke in the title. Because <laughs> they are because they are hillbillies who are also vampires. Rednecks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Ah, there's, okay. yeah. there's not a whole lot of like vampires at this point. You can't really do anything new with them now that like what we do in the shadows has come out. I guess. Yeah, vampires are a tough sell for me too. Uh, to be honest, that the only thing I've liked vampire wise comics that comes to mind is like American vampire by Scott Snyder. But, um, yeah, they're a tough sell for me. Yeah. So they is this book is about this one family of vampires. Uh, they are living in the South. They wear cowboy hats with big mustaches or trucker hats with like stained white t-shirts and handlebar mustaches. And, yeah, just this one family and their fucking history. Um, it mostly centers around this uncle who is who's kind of the black sheep of the family, mainly because he was not born into it. He was turned. And then the then the youngest child, who is also an incredibly powerful psychic, because some vampires have other supernatural powers beyond being vampires. And yeah, it's just about this family living in this town and this shaky relationship they have with a bunch of fucking people living in the town. Specifically a priest. And then things go sideways. This is the weakest of the Donny Cates books. 
Yeah, that's that's why I wanted you to talk about it because I read only the first issue and I didn't know if it had gotten better since that because it didn't sell me on the it didn't hook me in with that first issue. So like writing that's wise, just, that's it's disappointing. Like writing wise and art wise, it's fine. Like there, this isn't a bad book by any stretch. It's just right. Okay. When when it's the just... when the entire when like the beginning and end of the story is vampires, you need something else. Hmm. You need something else yeah. to, like, drag the hook in, because it's the same thing with, like, zombies and fantasy at this point. There have been so many people doing these stories for so many fucking years that unless you do something, like, original with it, anything you do is going to come across as just incredibly flat. Yeah. And even the stuff people considered original need to go away because they've been around too long. Hi, Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, Walking Dead wasn't even that fucking unique or original the first fucking time out. It was just, no. it was just, hey, what if, what if, like, Night of the Living Dead went on longer? Yeah, and longer and longer, longer and longer. <laughs> I would even, I would even say there's even now a, over, over the past little while, there's like a, a group of Southern books even at Image Comics. Southern? Now. Like, the, so- Southern. <laughs> Cause, Southern? Because there's like, so- yeah, Southern. Southern. <laughs> No, I know. I'm just fucking with you. Um, Enunciate. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because there's there's the Bastards book, and there's what? There's the Red... uh, Like, this just sounds like the same thing, but with vampires. Yeah, there has been a a trend of Kentucky Fried storytelling recently. Cannibal, I think, is another one. Cannibal, I think, is like like in the... I think it's in like the Louisiana type of South, where it's really small. Moonshine. Moonshine was a... Moonshine. Yeah. Yeah. The South has risen again, I guess. No, it hasn't. <laughs> Southern. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, I love you like a big last call. I don't know enough about Cajun to do a terrible Cajun accent. Oh, you got the old Ben Fane in that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Are anybody curious? Birdie go. is in fact from Louisiana. Yeah, so he's allowed to do that. <laughs> I think I would just come off racist if I tried. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking two Canadian boys doing fucking Cajun shit. Yeah, no. Unless, unless well, we're technically because of you that Cajuns exist. Yeah, but I feel like because unless of- we're doing like Gambit half Cajun shit. <laughs> you can't really do it. Yeah, he's got the French in him too, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 develop my terrible accent and we'll find out. Yeah. You tell me about you tell me how to understand yeah, I'll tell you how to understand the t- case you tell me how to understand the Quebecois. Quebecois? Yes. All right. <laughs> No worries, okay, Monami. Don't underst- I, I don't understand them either. <laughs> Guys, I took French to 11th grade. I think I understand how to speak Quebecois. Oh, wow. I fucking dropped it right away when I got to 9th. It was like, after 9th, because it was, uh, you had to take it yeah, in mandatory. Grade, I dropped it. Yeah, I, I dropped I, it. Like, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I dropped it in grade 11 because like up till grade 11, I was like, yeah, you know what? I kind of want to work in game development, and one of the closest big name studios was in Montreal, so I figured I need to learn French for that. Right. And then I was yeah. like, oh, wait, I don't want to do that, so fuck it. Yeah. 
Anyway, Redneck, it's all right. It's it's not it's nothing terrible. Like it is a well written story. It's just another vampire story. Is exactly. <laughs> even even the fucking twist that they had that they just released that they just revealed in this most recent issue is the, such a fucking wet flat note of a twist. Hmm. The twist is the guy who hates vampires is a vampire. <laughs> it's a, I know it's almost as great that, as that, the, that sounds like <laughs> instead of bump bump bum you should go bump 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 no I mainly went bump bump just like wait is that really the fucking twist you're going with is that yeah <laughs> alright like, is it. that a twist at this point <laughs> not like really twist. It's not really. No, Shyamalan would have come up with a crazier twist. It would have been stupid, but it would have been yeah. crazier. Yeah, would it, yeah, it would have been the trees. <laughs> it was the trees all along. Or like he's one of a thousand personalities, only which some of them are vampires. Some of them are zombies. Some of them are Frankenstein. <laughs> right. One of them's invisible. And it kind of really sucks because, like, I recently watched a retrospective that people did on like the George A. Romero movie Martin, which seems like a really interesting vampire movie. Yeah, well, there were some interesting vampire movies from a lot of those 70s and 80s guys. Some of them are bad, though, like uh, John Carpenter's Vampires <laughs> puts oh, you yes. to sleep. Come on, yes. dude, Dracula 3000. <laughs> Dra- I know Dracula 2000. Is that the same guy? or uh, I think so. Dracula 2000 is Wes Craven slash um, the guy who... No, so no, it's just Wes Craven Presents. But no, it's uh, G- or Gerard Butler as the Dracula... As like Edge Lord Dracula. <laughs> yeah, Dracula three thousand. The only thing I remember about it is that when it, is that when when the ending came around, uh, one of the main characters who was a sex robot was like, "Hey, you want to fuck?" And they fuck as their ship explodes. Okay, no, that's definitely not the movie I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the one where uh, the the main guy from Hackers goes, "No one ever fucks with an antique dealer." <laughs> All right, so it's a Casper Van Dien vehicle. Yeah, he no. is Captain Van Helsing. Oh, okay. You're talking about Dracula 3000. All right. Yeah, that, yeah. I said 3000. Yeah, but in between that, you had, I, had said, I, I, I thought you were reacting to what I had said, and that's why you're calling it a Casper Van Dien vehicle. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's Casper Van Dien vehicle. Uh, it is not a sequel to Dracula 2000, which, fun fact, is known internationally as Dracula 2001. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess because I guess internationally it didn't come out until 2001. Yeah, it was released in theaters in North America December 22nd 2000. Yeah, that's hilarious because Godzilla 2000 was released in 99. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Getting, getting set up. You should, you should people should always just try to leave dates out of titles. Yeah, or if you do, problems. give yourself yeah, like it, it kind of automatically dates make your movie. Yeah, yeah, Dracula twenty XDX. That's what it should have been. Dracula twenty XDX. Just go full Mega Man. Anywho, <sighs> Redneck, it's eh, it's all right. You, you can you can skip out on that. It's there are yeah. better Donny Cates books. Yeah. Anyway, Sounds Birdie. Like all right, time for some vanilla crazy. Godzilla, I finished, finally finished Godzilla Ravages Across Time. 
No, right? Oh, that old chestnut? So, yeah. No, there's nothing that interesting about it. Um, okay, so two two issues left. I can go through them pretty quick. Um, the fourth issue... Well, let me. Uh, I don't know if you and Nico remember this or not. The third issue left off with Mothra and... Uh, crap, what's the... Um, Mega Gyrus fighting over a plague in medieval England. Wait, fighting over a plague? Like, like, like... Mega Gyrus was causing a plague and Mothra was fighting him to stop it. Okay. Fighting over a plague sounded like there was like a plague in a vial somewhere that they were fighting to try to get ownership of. Yeah. Like a Mission Impossible. No like, like a Mission Impossible climax. Yeah. Uh, the fourth issue uh, Hannibal Barca finds Godzilla sleeping in the Italian Alps and says, You know what? I'm going to fucking wake him up and aim him at Rome. What's the worst that could happen? Man, Drifters got weird. <laughs> it ends badly. <laughs> I never would have guessed. You don't say. <laughs> How could a plane like that not be fucking flawless? That shit should have gone off like clockwork, dude. I mean, I know when I'm fighting an enemy, I always go for the nuclear option as soon as possible. Well, it's not even a fucking nuclear option. It's it actually literally is. <laughs> I know it's literally the nuclear option, and that, but it's a it's a little bit less controllable than an actual nuclear option. <laughs> no, it's the nuclear option of I'm gonna fucking like park this bomb halfway between our two cities and set it off right next to it, see what happens. <sighs> yeah, meanwhile, uh, the fifth issue is the dumbest, because um, we go back to the age of the dinosaurs, where I'm kind of surprised the dinosaurs survived long enough to become extinct, because apparently all of the kaiju from all of the Godzilla movies that were from Earth exist in the time of the dinosaurs and are just eating and killing everything. So you see this, you see a group of T-Rexes running for dear life, because Anguirus is just rolling by. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Anguirus. God about him. Oh, God. And uh, to up the crazy. To up the crazy. Um, I don't know how well you remember Godzilla Final Wars, dead man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, King Ghidorah shows up and... It turns out that Monster X, which was a thing that you might... I don't know if you remember that from Final Wars or not. Uh, he can turn back and forth from that form. And he's using, using this to fight Godzilla, Batra, Mothra, and Baragon. Because why not? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's just go. All out. Fuck it, dog. Yeah. And... Um, Turns out the uh, extinction event that actually wiped out the dinosaurs, although Godzilla and the other kaiju seem to be doing a pretty good fucking job of that beforehand, um, was caused by the aliens from the movie Invasion from Monster X. Do you remember that? Yeah, they had the weird, they had the weird fucking visors and then turned into fucking goth rockers in Final Wars. Yeah. I need to watch Final Wars again. 
Yeah. See, see Japanese Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's great. Uh, <laughs> just straight up, just some American dude in the middle of a Japanese movie. Not even trying yeah, to hide a it. Wrestlers, a wrestler, a, a freaking pro wrestler shows up in the middle of a Japanese kung fu movie. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it, dog. Monsters. Yo, you can do a roundhouse kick. Fuck it, I'm gonna send you through a goddamn table. Yeah, what was it? Hey, Val, you're not from around here, so you need to know. There's two things you need to fear on Earth. One's me, and the other's Godzilla. <laughs> oh, that guy's great. That guy's fucking amazing. Yeah, Nico, I kind of want you to watch Final Wars at some point, because it's impressive when American actors speaking actual English are delivering, like, badly dubbed actors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don Fry <laughs> right. was his name. It's called Final Wars? Yep. Yes. Okay, I'll write it down. Oh, and actually, anyway, yeah, Don um, Fry is actually straight up a pro wrestler. That doesn't surprise me in the least. No, don't. <laughs> yeah, and actually, he was a pro wrestler in the New Japan Pro Circuit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even in the yeah. fucking, not even fucking American League. He was a Japanese wrestler. A white Japanese wrestler. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, white well, Japanese a- wrestler. What the yeah, fuck? that's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys in that New Japan thing. Uh, but anyway, um, turns out the invasion of the uh, aliens from Monster X caused the dinosaur extinction event so that after they wiped out all the dinosaurs, they put two Neanderthals on Earth, gave them primitive tools, and said, okay, go prosper and thrive. Yeah, two people are enough to make a species. Yeah. Doesn't matter anyway. Godzilla toasted them in the next panel. Of course he did. And well, it literally uh, ends well, humanity's up. fucked, so... <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say that I googled Godzilla Final Wars, and the cover that's featured on here for the DVD 50th anniversary is wonderfully cheesy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, they know. They've been making Godzilla movies yeah, for I, years, like, they know. Like, like, that's great. Dead Man hasn't forgiven me for some of the crazy, stupid movies I've asked him to watch, but Final Wars might be one of his favorites. Oh, yeah, Final Wars is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and then it literally ends on the end, dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <sighs> With the image of a, a, a prehistoric forest smoldering in the background and the charred corpses of two Neanderthals with a stone hammer and a bit of fire in front of them. Does the next page then just say, yes, 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 no, it wasn't the end because there are other movies. No, it literally just stops. Uh, I really hate that. I really hate that shit of like, is this the end dot 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 in this prequel? It's like, bitch, no. We know it's not the end. Literally everybody knows it's not the end. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, none of the art in any of these, like the art's consistent because it's all one artist, but it's not James Stoko level art. And unfortunately I now have to judge all Godzilla art on either James Stoko or Matt Frank level. If you're not either, then you're just kind of okay. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Those guys kind of set bars. Yeah. <sighs> and Matt Frank's wonderfully insane. He did a what sounded like a 30-minute coke-filled rant about the most recent Transformers movies on a podcast recently, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sounds about right. Is, was he the artist from that uh, gangster Godzilla? Godzilla? 
No, oh, Godzilla okay. rules of Earth. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and he's okay. damn good. Yeah. He's not James Stoko, but he's second best. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at some of looking at some of the fucking covers. Yeah, and the interiors actually match the covers, which is an increasingly unlikelihood, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh crap, Nico's getting arrested. It's the five oh happens. Jesus. Happens at least once wow. an episode. <laughs> Cops never taking me alive as he pulls out his burner. <laughs> Just starts yeah, blasting. Happens. happens once an episode. <laughs> at least Throws himself out his throws tries to break through the window, turns out it's open, he just falls three feet. <laughs> <laughs> Takes four King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> well no, because King Kong killed him. That's right. <laughs> Kong Skull Island. That's which right. Is fucking phenomenal. I've heard, I've it's heard. I want to check it's it out. Good ass movie. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I, I always look for an opportunity for Godzilla miniseries because there's always the. I don't think Godzilla will ever break the show again. Like when I talked about the '70s Godzilla series with you, the Marvel series, the one where Godzilla fights a giant Japanese stone golem. I don't even remember that. Well, yeah, yeah because that was pre Nico. Yeah, I barely remember when. I, I don't th- even remember when Nico joined the show. Yeah. <laughs> couple years ago now. <laughs> Ooh. Just, I found that. I wanted to share it. Yeah. Is yeah, that, I, that was... Is a, that Matt Frank? Oh, wow, that is nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah Matt not, Frank drew that after they showed what um, the Godzilla from the 2016 movie was going to look like, which yep. now just hit DVD, so I might have to watch that soon. As will I. Nice. Yeah. Because it's a reboot. <sighs> yeah. And also, it's by one of my favorite anime directors fucking Hiyakiano. <laughs> uh, fucking Evangelion. <laughs> I really hope Evangelion has not found a way to poison my Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, Godzilla Rages Through Time is fun enough, if for nothing else, just to see... It, it's different flavors of crazy. Like mm. there's, it's a different writer, but it's a different, same artist really. Every time, it's just a different flavor of crazy. Like, are you in the mood for Zeus fighting Godzilla using the Hydra, or are you in the mood for Hannibal Barca literally launching Godzilla at Rome, or are you in the mood for two kaiju fighting and causing a plague in medieval Europe? <laughs> if yes, flavor of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. If yes, then Godzilla rages across time. Available now from. IDW, Dark Horse? IDW. IDW. Right. And it was one of the two. Yeah. Hmm. Dark Horse, most... I know they have a lot of... I, I can't focus... What, like, recent uh, well, tie-in stuff do they have? The only recent like, Dark Horse thing I can think of that actually comes to mind is Black Hammer. Other than that, I don't know what they're doing. Um, like, well, well uh, Harrow County. Yeah, Harrow County, Black Hammer... Um, Zodiac Star Force, they're still doing that. They did a sequel series for that. They're doing the That's, new Matt Kent series, Department H. I think, does Matt Kent, does, does he just live in their basement? Is he like, is yeah, Matt Kent to Dark much. Horse like what Grant Morrison is to DC? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> is every once in yeah. a while he comes up like, hey guys, he guys wrote this, fucking make it, and then goes back downstairs. All, yeah. all, his, in, all his indie stuff he's or done. Or he briefly now. goes out to get a sandwich and someone checks in his room and is like, oh god! <laughs> Yeah, just grabs like nine frozen pizzas with no way to cook them and takes them downstairs. 
It's like, dude, it's like, do not disturb me. I am writing. I'll tell you what else is that dark horse. My last pick here, Aliens Dead Orbit. Oh, right, that thing. <laughs> oh, right, that is... Uh, By uh, well, James... I keep forgetting I, I, that's I'm, Dark Horse. I'm, gl- I'm glad... I, I was about to say, I, 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 what I meant recent, I meant, like, ha- recent franchises, because right. if Alien Covenant's an indication, Aliens is fucking dead. <laughs> Dude, Aliens yeah. has been dead I, for years. <laughs> here, So, speaking of James Stoko, he is the artist and writer of this series, and... and uh, Speaking of that, like it's a good point to make. I don't know if people that are just into the Aliens franchise that pick this book up because it's an Aliens comic, I hope that they also take something away from this to the point where they're like, wow, look at this guy's art. Uh, instead of vice versa, me, who doesn't read Aliens comics normally, although likes the franchise enough to check it out, but I'm only coming to the book for Stoko, I think it's going to be lost on a lot more people that just pick up Aliens comics that may not appreciate the fact that he is writing and drawing this comic. And I hope that's well, not no, the case. Well, no, they'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate it the moment they read something Aliens related that's not drawn by him. It's like, oh, uh, can we go back right. to the other guy? <laughs> yeah, like, or, or even, like, just, or even yeah, not even just like a full on realization of it, just like, huh. This doesn't seem to be as good as I remember it being. Oh, were you you're saying that it's not good? No, no, I mean no, like no, I mean, we're like some, that, somebody like, someone, re- yeah, somebody reads so, fucking like Alien Dead or Alien Dead Orbit. It's like, hey man, I want to go back and read some of my old stuff. Goes back and reads like, huh, this oh, isn't as good okay. as it used to be. I can't put my finger oh, okay. on why. Right? Yeah, I would hope. I would hope that's the case. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's going to be more uh, the latter there, uh, but. We'll see. Um, we need to stop I, I sucking hope... that dude's dick. Listen, he's he's really really good. I know and, he, and, is. He, I, is, he is. He is fucking what, fantastic. But, but at a certain but, point, I'm say it negative. sounds Dude, like we are phrasing, phrasing, phrasing. <laughs> what you're trying to say that? <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say the last three things you guys said. Uh, we really have to stop sucking that guy's cock. But dude, he's really good. Yeah, I know. He's really good. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Ain't um, nothing wrong with sucking a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm still going to do the Archer joke. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I, I will say a negative, though. Um, so I felt when this, this series started, because I remember we talked about the first issue as well, and I don't have much to say about this uh, so far, and I'm sure you, Dead Man, you said you had some comments, so please chime in after. I just want to make this one point. I think when Aliens Did Orbit started off, it was very underwritten, like very lightly written compared to his Godzilla comic, which was, I think that he, he, he wrote that very well. And he, you could tell that he was a fan of that franchise, especially just because I don't really know too much about Godzilla, but I can tell by reading that miniseries, The Half Century War, that this man loves this franchise. But with Aliens, you could tell he also likes it. Um, but it's just, it, he was letting the, his, art tell more of the story through the first couple issues i just felt that it was a slow start slow burn so far and it just there wasn't a lot of story here than the basic original alien aliens stuck on a space station and you know what that there's nothing wrong with that like but i just think that that's how i felt i don't know what do you feel about the series uh, so to be fair i actually felt like this kind of captured the feeling of the first alien kind of perfectly Absolutely. But this third issue really, that's what I'm trying to say. This third issue kind of, for me, really brought everything together 
but no, like, no, just like, but, like you say slow burn. That first movie, like yeah. the director's cut, that is the slowest fucking burn you'll ever watch. Sure. They build the tension though of of the of and, and of the whole everything unfolding. I don't know, like, like some of that isn't even just tension building. Some of it is just like horror. No, no, not even horror. Some like like a good chunk of that is just the people hanging out being fucking space truckers. Mm-hmm. Before we actually yeah. get to like the real alien shit, and then even then, it is like so, there's like so spread out a bit that, like at a certain point, the tension do, like it is ratcheting the tension, but at a certain point, the tension is kind of lost, and then immediately comes back. Mm. With yeah, this, well, that's. I mean, if you remember the first Alien, that's what the first Alien was like. If you like the after the the facehugger attached to his face, tension just kept building and just kept building until it fell off. Yeah, and then there was that brief moment of just numbness before the chest burster came out. Yeah, it, it, so that fits the the tone and pacing of the first Alien, which apparently Ridley Scott is no longer capable of making. Oh no, no not at all. He stopped being able to make that like fucking ten years ago. Yeah, but, yeah, but the like, only movie I've, I, I'm I'm almost sad I have to talk so much shit about Ridley Scott because I really liked The Martian, which was a fairly recent movie, but. God, whatever. If he doesn't have a good script, he sucks. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> He's a good technical director. Just you need you need to give him the you need to give him the right material. It's kind of like Zack Snyder in that regard. Like Zack Snyder can make a decent looking movie. You just need to give him like a good script. Otherwise, he writes it himself and just shits everywhere. Yeah, or, or he gets his buddy David Goyer. <laughs> yeah, at which point he just it is just violent like taco squirts. <laughs> Anyway, anyways, uh, yeah. What I want to, yeah, to say about give, like Dead Orbit, yeah. that first issue, I don't think it was. I like once I realized the structure, I liked it a bit more than I did because, like I said, the first time I read it, I missed that before tag. Right. So I wasn't getting like the full context of like this. Like the each issue is bookended with what's happening in the present, while the while the main mm-hmm. well the main thrust of the book is what happened before. Mm-hmm. And so going into the second and third issues, once I fully realized that I was able to enjoy those issues a lot more because it is it it, it makes it, it works a lot better with um it, like I, I think this works really well for having the stuff like ha- like having it be this like weird before and after kind of thing. I think it works a lot better than it does in other kind of things because with this and specifically Alien. With the space station being as big as it is, with like having the systems be as fucked up as they are, they can they can still have like some amount of mystery or, or like you know actual tension for who's going to die next or who's going to die in what way. That uh, what, how much what I'm trying to say here. I don't know. They can well, ki- I mean, if, they can kill if, people if, off if and still have it be a surprise if they like they can kill people off and still have it be a surprise. Even in the even in the past stuff, even though the future stuff is only focusing on Wasi. Okay, I see. So you've they've structured the back the the flashbacks in such a way that they don't kill the tension of the present stuff. I think so. Like 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 yeah, some of the deaths are very much just like blah, it happens, and then it's fucking dead. But other times they have they will have uh, even, especially in the third issue they had a character show up who I thought who I figured was dead the entire time, and he comes back yes. in a way that is. That that can have the past, that can have the stuff in the past, be really interesting, and to see how they ended up like this, and it also kind of opens the right. door for if for like having other characters from the past still be alive in the present. 
Are you talking about the crazy drunk at the end of the issue? Or? Yes, yes, the security chief. Yes. Yeah, at the end of so so I know the way I started off. I, I didn't want to make it, make it seem like I did not. I have not enjoyed this series. I just think oh, no, I that, get the complaint. I get the complaint. Like yeah, like, like slow burns aren't for everybody, and if they get if they get to a certain point, slow burns become a chore. Yeah, and and this has been building, and admittedly, that's why I feel that this third issue has been my favorite issue of the this, this series so far that he's done. Um, like getting the art out of the way, let's put that to the side because you already know we've talked we've talked to him up enough in, in terms of the art, uh, his art like art stuff. But I think that uh, as a writer, other than like the Godzilla thing and. Or Orc State, actually, no, he's proven himself as a writer, too. Who am I kidding? Yeah, yeah. he is a good writer. But I just don't think that the world building and the, and then, the, like, this was just different in tone, as it should be, because it's the aliens. Like you said, it's not aliens, well, it's alien. Um, alien. It's the first movie that he inspired depends, him, like, obviously. Like, if, if, if they're doing this based on, if it's supposed to be a lot like the first alien, it's not supposed to be like a lot like be a it whole, is. It is, it, is it, is. Like, it is like tonally similar and kind of like setup similar, but it isn't just a carbon copy first movie. Yeah. No. But like if they're doing like a relatively self-contained horror story with the aliens in it, yep. then they don't really necessarily need to do a lot of um, background building because um, the, the first alien, you knew nothing about it except how it was born and what it could do. Yeah, that's like, about it. Yeah, there like, was no, like, you didn't know about the queen, about its life cycle, where it came from. Yeah, like, like the first, a lot of, like, even even the world itself. Like the first movie is just like it's like, hey, the space truckers, they're carrying shit. Fuck you. And in this, and in this, they do a decent job of like setting up, like, hey, there are outer colonies where everything is fucked. They are a way station. Yeah, fucking like like scabs and scavengers or whatever. They set things up like this. Basically, Dead Orbit, that's what this has been. It's been the, like two aliens, I think, which we've been introduced yeah, to. So this is the reveal. This space station. The reveal yeah, is that, that there are two of them. Two. And then this issue opens up with him basically in their like nest that they kind of got set up when, you know, when they fuse them to the wall and all that. Yep. And, uh, and they basically, he wakes up and he sees one of his other passenger buddies that's also kind of there. Uh, that he has to escape and like basically like leaves to die in this to basically see what's going on with the rest of the crew and then you got the whole you got the whole uh diseased crewmate that's on board infected that's going crazy people just kind of losing their minds and it, and it ends on the fact it ends on the note of uh one of these other guys like you you mentioned dead man who basically we thought was long gone appear reappears again at the end of the issue and is making a hell of a lot of noise because he's drunk as fuck and yep. he he's basically laughing maniacally and and gets surrounded by the aliens of the last panel of the book like they're just wrapping themselves around him as he's sitting there oh they can hear me i'm being loud he's like ah <laughs> like he's just he's just lost it and he's drunk as fuck and just acting like an asshole he's gonna get this guy killed by the way he's acting and, and you just see two aliens over each one of his shoulders kind of just like about to like you know bite the shit out of him or something. It, lo- it looks awesome. Like there, he draws them so creepy and like in the shadows throughout this issue. Oh it's, yeah, he is. It's it, he's great um, for for drawing these things as well. So um, yeah, no, it has been good. This is by far my favorite issue. Like I don't know, Dead Man. You said you, I don't know if you, yeah, have, if you yeah, have anything yeah, this, else. Yeah, that's one. This is the best one so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I have been enjoying it. Uh, I think. Like I said, I just I, and 
even Dead Man, when you spoke about the first issue and stuff, like I didn't say I wouldn't say I didn't like love the first issue, but it just didn't. I, I, it was overhyped for me so much that James Stokel was going to do an Aliens book. I think it was underwhelming, sort of, for me when I yeah, first like, read that it, first it, it is, it is a it, it is was, a fine starting point. It's just we yeah. had we had like we had by I ourselves hope, sure. built ourselves up to a point. Yeah. Um. So I think that it's been building and building with each issue, making this one the best one so far. And I'm I'm looking to to the, forward to the conclusion of this uh, series and and what he does next yeah. for that matter. I re- I really hope he returns to Orc Stain. Yeah, that's we, we what, need more of that me, shit. I need to find yeah, out what fucking one eye does next. Seven issues is not enough. No, I need it ain't. more. Yeah, <laughs> I need more Orc Stain. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, that's uh, Aliens Dead Orbit from Stoko, and if you if you listen to this show or a regular listener, I'm sure you're sick of us praising the guy, but he he's great, and you should really check out any of the work that he's done, uh, especially Godzilla Half Century War and Orcs. Thing. Yes, yes. Well, that that might be the greatest Godzilla story ever written. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there you go. It's high praise from Birdie because Birdie constantly reading all the Godzilla stuff. I right? mean, so. I like. I mean, there's good writing. In other Godzilla comic books, but most of them tend to lean into the stupid a lot. Yeah, this one, this they one go. Yeah, Godzilla, Godzilla Half Century War goes whole hog into everything Godzilla is about, while being completely straight about it and just like nothing but reverence. Yeah, With, without without it being too much of a fucking circle jerk. Yeah, and sometimes leaning into like the darkness doesn't work. Like Godzilla Cataclysm fell apart. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> I like the hell one though. That one was fun. Well, yeah, but that was that was leaning into the stupid. Yeah, that's Godzilla yeah, goes that, to fucking hell, dude. That yeah, one. That yeah. one started with Godzilla fighting a hellish version of himself created yeah. by bees. That, yeah. that yeah. was <laughs> Godzilla eats a bunch of angels. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, the half century war is the one time they lean into the sillier aspects of Godzilla, but also manage to keep the human drama pretty straight. Yeah. Without it just coming off as a self parody. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, my final book is invincible. Uh, All right. I'm I'm not up to date, but feel free. To, I'm so uh, far behind. I don't feel I should com- participate in this conversation. Yeah, I, I read it in trade. So. We are vastly approaching the end. Yeah. Right now, what it is say a, that Kirkman's willing to end this before he ends Walking Dead. Yeah. Right now, it is a current all-out brawl between Thrag and his kids and Invincible and his buddies from the Coalition of Planets. Ooh. Yeah, it is a nice big old fucking. It's a big old fucking all like, brawl next to a sun. It's the showdown we've been waiting for for quite a while. Yeah. Meanwhile, Is Alan there. Pardon? Alan. Yep. Or, Alan's there. Uh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Alan, Eve, all kinds of people. Uh, okay. But on Earth, Robot is being a bit of a bit is being a bit of a dickhole because of course he is by having yeah, by having all of the Viltrumite half children quarantined and held captive at his home base. Ah. Because all the Viltrumites left the planet to go fight Thrag. Right. So he just takes all of fucking the Viltrumites kids, including Mark's rape baby. Oh, shit. Which is a thing I have to say. Yeah. 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 I still... 
That's messed up. I, I am know. very shocked that that is an actual fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I... This is going to sound weird, but I thought that rape was re- relatively well handled. Yeah. No, I, I And see what it's you weird mean. having, like, ramifications from that beyond the mental state of our main character. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was well handled to the point where he actually did not drop the plot thread completely and actually delved more so into it. Yeah, and the effect and that it had on Mark. It. Yeah, yeah, and I think and that it he was actually done like with, handled and, and it well. It, yeah, and it wasn't like super. It didn't feel exploitative. No, I know. It felt I, like relatively natural given the book we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he handled it pretty well. Like, I get exactly but where you're coming again, from. But again, I agree. Yeah. This is a it's thing bad. we it's have wrong. to talk about. Yeah. Comics are weird, man. Yeah. And as much as we shit on Kirkman for The Walking Dead, the dude's a really good writer. This is his best book by Hands far. Hands down. In my yeah. In my Hands opinion. fucking down. And that's why I'm disappointed. I'm actually I'm half disappointed, half hat, and like I'm glad that it, it the way it's going that it'll probably end on a good note, and I can wholeheartedly say I really love that series. It's a great series, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I, I and, and it ended. I really hope it ends with like enough wiggle room for like enough like with enough of a cushion that we're able to get into Mark and that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe because I mean, he's so a, he, far Kirkman's a whore. Yeah, so. like like so, like so far. <laughs> This has not, like, there has been nothing that came of this other than this exists. And I really want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Even if the ending is just like, hey, Mark, here's your son. End of book with just this horrified look on his face as he just remembers what happened to him. And then just we get some fucking one shot next week that e- that just has Adam Eve ripping that bitch's throat out. Mm-hmm. And then Terrence is like, "Hey, are you my brother? Want to go like fly or something? I don't know." I I was disappointed that his brother died. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Oliver Oliver yeah, was interesting. Oliver. I never quite got I a mean, read on this, him. Well, that's the thing. I don't think at this point the way they re back they reintroduced him back into the fold after that whole storyline where he went and. Went into the uh, the past. I think he didn't really. I think his purpose has uh, had already been served. Like the death didn't feel like it, it wasn't time. You know what I mean? Like it. It was almost. It was almost like yeah, okay, I can understand that because some of the deaths in here, obviously, along the way, where some of the characters just came back, and you can't count anybody really dead in this series, as far as I'm concerned. But oh, Battle Beast is it, pretty dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But that's only because his head's on uh, uh, Buddy's thrags. Uh, <laughs> Rex explosion is pretty draped dead. Around his... There's some characters that did come back, though. Yeah, yeah, there are. But then there are then there are a lot of them who are who are like for realsies dead. The Eternal guy came back a few times. Well, yeah, right? he's immortal. Uh, immortal. That's it. Yeah. His name is literally the Immortal. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but they kind of fooled you a couple times with that, or it was like, not exactly fooled you, but they're like, oh, he's dead, and then he just found a way back, right? Yeah, which, <laughs> or robot. Yeah, which is they duct taped his head to his body. And then waited a week. <laughs> it's like, all right, good to go. Let's fucking do this. Ah, oh, shit, I lost my head again. Honey! So that's just basically been the the plot as of late, though. Is just that yeah, yeah like, like so far the plot has been just been like these last few issues have just been like kind of like the build up to this big fight. Okay, and like Mark getting everybody prepared, his dad finding out about the rape. Mm. Um. Oh, he he found out about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. He yeah. Him and Adam. Him and Eve just kind of like getting, like getting things prepared. Uh, setting up Tara with their mom with uh Mark's mom. Yeah, just all build up to this big final fight, which the is the thing. thing I, yeah, the yeah. one thing I, I, I know that they keep making Eve stronger, like she is really strong, but... Yeah, Eve it, is almost yeah, a god. I, no, I know, but it's just that at first it didn't seem like she could play a part in this storyline because for the, Vultrum, the Viltrumites and now with the crossbreed that they got going are... Like I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that she was actually going to go into this fight originally, and le- until they upped the odds with like the, they kept explaining how powerful she is. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for a while like, there, I, d- I didn't think she could actually throw down with these characters. Is what I'm saying. Oh no! Like, like from from the jump, she has been like stupidly powerful. It's just she hasn't been tapping into her full potential, and also like just right. kind of been like almost like some weird like Superman origin thing of like she was too scared of her own power, so she put mental blocks in subconsciously. Hmm. But now it's like, oh, everything's on fucking fire. Time this to rewrite reality. My husband. <laughs> yes, time to time to rip that bitch's fucking spine out of her asshole. Mm-hmm. Then give her a new spine and beat her to death with her own spine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another thing that has been happening in the last couple of issues has been um, sowing seeds of doubt within Thrag's children. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like one or that, two, like one or two of his kids have seen have seen like their brothers and sisters die, and them not being sociopaths are like mm-hmm. are, are, notice that notice that their dad, who says they love him, is just like, yeah, leave that fucker behind. He's too weak. Peace, and then just flies off. Where they're like, oh, that's fucked. I, I this feels wrong here, and so how that will come into play. We'll find out. Um, I'm not sure how many issues they have left in this storyline. What what issue are they up? Oh, in the storyline, yeah, because I think they're going up to oh, 150. Yeah, this is the right? this, this, yeah, this is the halfway point. Ooh, so one okay. yeah 138 part six of twelve of the end of all things. So there are presumably six issues left. Oh, it's not even 150 that they're going to. Yeah, I think it ends around okay. 144. Unless th- unless there is then like a six issue wrap up that brings them up to one fifty, okay. Because yeah, like the end of yeah, yeah, the, yeah that, that seems like it could be a thing. Like the end of all things is just right. like this big fucking all out brawl, and the last six and the last six issues is just them Epilogue. settling things back down into the status quo, right? Yeah, which I hope that they somewhat do. I need an issue or two to tie up. Like, yeah, all decompress the, and let the, yeah. let the emotion come back in. Because like, that has been a big part of what made this series stand Absolutely. out so much. Is that, is, that is, it has had like really good character and emotion in it. Mm-hmm. So having the end of all things be just an all-out fucking brawl, and then it's over. Peace. 
It'd be a bit I of a letdown. Just, I was just looking at the most recent issue here online, like some preview stuff. Uh, are these? Are they? What are these T Rexes that they have here? These aren't like dinosaurus type. No, stuff, they are is not. It? They are weird alien things that Thrag has. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they're just fighting all these fucking. Yep, and di- they like, are apparently strong enough to cut through Viltramite flesh. Oh shit! Wow, you really up the stakes, this guy. Yeah. I, I let me ask you one thing there before you were to, if you're going to wrap up this. I one question: Do you think that because it felt there for a moment that Thrag, because he he learned to like it seemed they had turned like him where he kind of was able to appreciate um, Earth or other life. Um, and for a while there, he was kind of down and out. Like he wasn't really, he kind of found a family, he kind of started his own thing somewhere else. He wasn't really involved, but then he kind of went right back to it. Like what he originally had planned to basically do is take out the human race. Like, did that feel natural to you? Or did you feel that it was just kind of forced because they're like, okay, it's time to wrap up the series now. Because I thought he was basically over it. Like I didn't think he was going to flip again. After I, he kind of found peace, it's been a bit of a time since I've read it, but I don't remember. I don't remember there being like a whole lot of. I don't remember feeling like this was the end of him. I remember feeling like okay, so he'll just fucking bide his time here and then get back into it because the way mm. that Thrag's been written up till now, he's not a man to turn down a chance at war. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like even if he's beaten, he will then go. All right, so here's my fucking next move. I'm gonna fuck these bugs. <laughs> right. Make an army of weird bastard babies. Then I'm going to train those fuckers for the next like two years. Then I come back fucking wreck house. Mm-hmm. Thrags bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I, I felt that like they had basically written him off at that If this point, was a different and... character, then I could see that. But Thrag is a bit sure. too. No, you're right. That that is not the mustache of a man who longs for peace. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right. I just think that it, 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 the direction they sent him in was written so well for me that I didn't actually see that coming, and that's why it felt like it was forced almost when they were like, "Oh no, he's not done. Like he's been planning this all along." You know what I mean? Like so, I kind of I felt a certain way about that, but y- yeah, you're you're kind of reassuring and. That it, it makes it makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. So it's still been good. Is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I've still yeah. Been, been really enjoying it. It has been fucking fantastic having Ryan Otley back. Oh yeah, fuck <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Who was it? Uh, Corey Walker is. Yeah, he is he was the one not... filling in and, and started the book. Yeah, he, yeah. I know he, I know, he, is... I know he started the book, but yeah. Come on, dude. This no. is this is a Ryan yeah. Otley book. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So it was not the same with his uh, with his issues. No, it lost a little something. Yeah. Like uh, like like Tony Moore is the guy who started The Walking Dead, but everybody sees it as a Charlie Adler book or whatever his fucking name is. Hmm. Yeah. However unfortunate but- that may be. <laughs> right. Anywho. Another probably reading then. Right. On to news. So first up. Uh, at Comic-Con, it was revealed and announced that Frank Miller was working oh, on a fucking 
Superman Dark Knight-esque story. Or Superman Year One-esque story. (laughs) While speaking to Vulture, the crazy person said, Through Dark Knight, I got to touch about all the DC, all the characters of the DC Pantheon. Ew. But I never had, but I never really had my my real meaningful crack at Superman. In the case of DC, in the case of DC Comics, which has by and which is by far and away the strongest and richest mythology, there are those three fundamental pillars they have of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. All of the other characters kind of string along underneath them, which is wonderful. Two things. I don't know how he can't say that he hasn't touched on Superman at all when he's basically been in every fucking Dark Knight series. And also, this he's the wrong person to write us the year one type story for Superman. Damn. They can't find a more wrong person to write a year one Superman story. Because I don't think... Written by Goyer. (laughs) Okay. Suck it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, fuck that. I I don't know how he could say that, though. Because, like I said, he's written in plenty in all of those series. So... Yeah, also, uh, the only impression I got from Miller's work is that he doesn't like Superman. Right. Yeah. yeah well, that's, totally. well, that's what I mean. Like, why Why would he do a year one story? It doesn't make sense. Uh, he does it because fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. And then everything. And then everything well, else because we got. I also, I, I also think um, a lot of people are laboring under the mistaken impression that Frank Miller is more involved in Dark Knight 3 the Master Race than he actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. I am oddly curious, though. I'll probably read it. I'm I'm morbidly curious. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm like, hmm. It's like, yeah, I'll read it, but I'm going in expecting it to be a fucking trash fire. I'd probably hate read it, you know? But Yeah. Yeah, like Like, Lois Lane is like a prostitute and Jimmy Olsen is like a pimp. Now, Jimmy Olsen is fucking high on cocaine. <laughs> Just at all times. And then... And then oh, that's su- what Perry White is. <laughs> yeah, Perry White's cocaine. And then... And then the super, and then Superman, every time he's Clark Kent, it is always in the same weird Harlequin romance shot that they always... That he fucking put Superman in in Dark Knight. We're just fucking like a foot up on something. Like billowy blouse half open as a bald eagle lands on his arm. Yeah, and and his idea of acting like a normal person is to like use Adam Sandler lines. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Fuck, I can write more realistic dialogue than he can. Anywho, all the other news we got is comic book, TV, and movie news. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Iron the, Fist got the, a second. Iron Fist is getting a second season. Yeah, with absolutely none of the same people, with, except the guy playing Iron Fist, which I guess is a good thing. I would hope not. No, they that got the cast too. Terrible. Jessica Henwick is back. Um, Simone Missick's Misty Knight is going to be showing up in this, apparently. Well, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. We just—I was confused why they didn't do it in the first season. <laughs> because shut up. <laughs> uh, fuck season one of Iron Fist. Yeah, it's terrible. I haven't even finished it yet. I can't I'm never convince going to. myself to finish this. Like, 
I know I kind of should leading into defenders, but based on everything I know about what plays on out in the parts of Iron Fist I haven't watched, I don't care. <laughs> you think we could get something out of that? Like an actual like track, like a series, like a track series, something out of that. What do you we'll mean? Talk, we'll talk about it after the show. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has been announced as Janet Van Dyne in upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I hope that means there's going to be scenes between her and Hank Pym, because why would you cast an actress of that caliber for a cameo? <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to have, like, some level of, like, they're, they're going to have, like, they're going to have, like, a decent amount of flashback stuff. Like, they kind of have yeah. to, right? Yeah. Well, as long as they have the chemistry, they have the, ki- the chemistry that Paul Rudd had with Evangeline Lilly again, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I I love Paul Rudd, so yeah. he can't do no wrong in my books. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else around him, <laughs> watch out. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I can't believe it's Captain America. Oh, this is awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking great. your hand for way too long. <laughs> he stole the show in that movie with that scene. By the way, that whole uh, giant man thing—that was the best. <laughs> During that fight, for me, that was I loved that moment. It's like, all right, so something, all right, something, something either awesome is going to happen, or I'm going to be turned inside out. <laughs> anyway, Warner Brothers has announced the release date for Wonder Woman two. Ooh, yeah, yep. yeah, it'll be I'm coming out. About this, <laughs> it'll be coming out on December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Uh, Gal Gadot reprising her role, and according to THR, uh, Patty Jenkins is currently in negotiations to direct the sequel. Yeah, which that, Ooh, I, I, negotiation. I, well, that's the thing. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Nico, but when they contract, when they got her to direct the first movie, they didn't think it would make money, so they didn't contract her for more than one. Yeah, ah, fuck. <laughs> that was stupid. Well, actually, to be fair, to, to be fair, that's actually one of the more prudent decisions they've made. Right. Yeah. Because no, given, but I mean, given the given the <laughs> given like the fucking track record with the movies so far. Sure. Yeah, but, but they, I feel bad that they've the been on the wrong horse. Suffer because they <laughs> they weren't able to purge the bad director, except by worst fate ever. Yeah, I know it is. It is a shit hand that she was dealt, yeah. especially given the fact, like given the fact that the only reason that that is that this thing is like happening, the reason that she is currently in negotiations, not already set to direct it, is the fact that Zack Snyder made Zack Snyder and David Ayer made a bunch of shit ass movies. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, and I mean, we they, don't know, like, and like focus groups, and then, then, and testing, and all this old data that doesn't mean dick. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm only looking sideways at a sequel to Wonder Woman because, as I stated in the last show, as much as I want a sequel to Wonder Woman, I'm not sure what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, and again, and again, like based on what they've said, uh, going out into the world, it's going to be new gods. Okay, well, yeah, I guess yeah. That's the only, considering they killed off the Greek pantheon, that's about the only way you can go with it. So it's, it's the yeah, as I'm sure. Go ahead, I'm, sure, I'm sure that it's gonna it's gonna be uh, you know obviously yeah present day Wonder Woman because the other one was a flashback, right? The yeah. Yep, movie, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Patty yeah. Jenkins has said has said as much. Uh, she is already writing a treatment for the sequel and has said it will be set in modern day in the U.S. No. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I'll I'll wait to see. Like, 
there's like a, a couple of roles. Like I don't know if you noticed this, Dead Man, but the new Justice League trailer plays up Steppenwolf <laughs> and like never yeah. even mentions Darkseid. So that's got me scared that they're not that they're not gonna even do Darkseid in the Justice League movie, that the big bad's gonna be Steppenwolf. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Steppenwolf is the Steppenwolf is the prequel bad guy because DC is under the idea that people will keep coming back to these. Anywho, moving right along. So, Spawn, that new Spawn movie, is happening yeah. still. I care. Things are going to be happening with all. that. And, odd thing, um, Spawn will actually be the main character of the movie. Okay. The main character will Same instead be Twitch. Twitch. Okay. No, that's that's actually not a bad way to do it. I actually yeah. think that could, that could be that could that's what the only thing you've said that made me even mildly interested in this. Everything else I was like, eh. Yeah, well speaking with comicbook.com, uh Todd McFarlane said, quote, There's two big roles in the script. There's obviously sort of Spawn himself, although in a weird way it's not the biggest role. And then there's the cop. The cop is this character Twitch, who's been there since issue one. Twitch is the role in this one, and I sort of refer to him as my sheriff Brody, who is the sheriff in the Jaws movie. Although it was called Jaws, Jaws didn't really talk a whole lot in his movie, right? He just, he just kind of showed up at the opportune at the opportune time to make the movie worthwhile. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think this is a bad way to do a different take on a Spawn movie, particularly if you want to really, really distance yourself from the last one. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I enjoy that movie, but not because it's good. No, like of the three bad, actually, I have to ask your question. Of the three bad 97 comic book movies, which do you enjoy most? Batman and Robin, Steel, or Spawn? Uh, I have yet to watch <laughs> Steel. I, I, yeah, I've never seen Steel. Largely because I, I can't find it anywhere. Batman and Robin holds a special place in my heart, as cheesy as it is. Batman and Robin, <laughs> when I last watched it, it hurt. When I watch Spawn, I'm able to... When I watch Spawn, I don't feel pain. I'm able to laugh at it. Spawny, Spawny, he's all man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like that shit is terrible, but terrible in a fun way for me. Leguizamo gets you through that movie. Yeah, surprisingly. For, for me, though, with Batman and Robin, it's all about uh, Mr. Freeze Schwarzenegger. So, yeah, like, yeah, like cool me party. talking about things that make you laugh, like, that's what gets me through that. Allow me to break the ice. My name (laughs) is Mr. Freeze. (laughs) Remember it well, for this is the chilling sound of your doom. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I would have to give the nod to Uma Thurman is garbage in it, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think her puns, her puns aren't even funny. The puns that Mr. Freeze's puns are at least funny. There's nothing funny about Uma Thurman's puns. So yeah, it's and, just and personally, distracting. and personally, I believe that Schwarzenegger wrote all his own puns. Oh yeah, like, like before they, like before, like the actual script itself, it was a full-on, like serious take on this guy, like just kind of like juxtaposing it or whatever. But then he himself came in and was like, "Hey, hey, guys, guys, I got an idea. You know those movies I did back in the eighties, where I did yeah. all the puns and stuff and the jokes. Like, you know, I you you sorry, I lied. Ow. I do that again, but with ice. Look, yeah. I got like, I got like a fucking pulled, I got the folder of an idea, and he pulls out like a fucking like three inch thick folder of fucking jokes. <laughs> and Brookheimer oh, just looks at it, it's like, 
I knew I made the right decision when I hired you, you Austrian son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's like beast master handshake. Yeah, it's it's no no it's 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 one of those shakes like he, with Dutch and Predator where they slap their arms together. <laughs> those two like big juice yeah. bag arms. Bruckheimer couldn't do that. If he tried to do that, Schwarzenegger would bend his arm in half. Dylan. I mean Bruckheimer. That is not Hercules. <laughs> God, yeah. If, if Arnold, if if they started making these Marvel movies way earlier, Schwarzenegger would be kind of a great Hercules. Ah, uh, yeah. But now he's, he's way too Hercules. Yeah, but now he's way too old and flabby and terrible. Hercules in New York. Okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Marvel has announced that Keith David will be joining the cast of the new Warrior show coming to Freeform. Uh, I don't care. And for some reason, they felt the need to list the number of things he's been in. <laughs> That's a bad sign. <laughs> in the actual press release, it says, With over 150 film, television, and stage credits to his name, Keith David continues to exemplify the character of Hollywood's greatest actors, with a humble ability to remain in demand, both on and off screen. You get the impression that they're trying to sell it because they know the concept alone won't sell it. <laughs> yeah. Like how the trailer for um the some for some reason theatrical release of the Inhumans pilot says in 3D. IMAX motherfuckers. <sighs> anyway, uh final thing, uh Ian McShane has been cast as uh, Professor Broom in the upcoming Hellboy reboot. Hellboy, Rise of the Blood Queen. Wait, I thought they weren't doing another Hellboy movie. They aren't doing well, another one uh, with Ron Perlman. Del, the or idea was to maybe do another one with Del Toro and Ron Perlman, but that fell through. They're rebooting well, Del, it. Yeah. Del Toro is already secretly making his fucking Ape Sapien movie right now with that fucking <laughs> new one that just came out, like they showed the trailer for. Something about the water or something like that. Uh, but the, Did you yeah, guys see the, that? Uh, I have not, but this is a full-on for realsies reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah. But is Del Toro doing it? Nope. Neil no. Marshall, oh. the director of The Descent. Hmm. Or more appropriately, and this is what I'm hoping for, dog soldiers. <laughs> hmm. Can't say I've seen that. It's yeah, uh, uh, it's a early either late nineties, early two thousands British genre movie where a group of soldiers are doing uh, combat training in the British uh, moors and are attacked by werewolves. Space werewolves. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it's actually it's actually practical werewolf makeup yeah. in 2002. It's, I was like, what? <laughs> it's real weird. British, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, hmm. um, we also got like our first look at um, ZZ Beats as Domino, but... Can't, kind of can't really work that into a audio only format. Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah, she Just, looks like yeah. she looks like Domino. It's, it's it's black Domino with an afro. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's she's in the same pose Deadpool was in in the poster material in front of the fireplace from the first movie. So, yeah, but on the, but on a Deadpool skin rug. Yeah. No. Again, totally appropriate. Yeah, totally. Deadpool two coming soon, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so before we sign off, uh, this isn't a news thing, but it's related to what could potentially be news, and I want to just ask y'all's opinion of it. They're talking at DC about doing Flashpoint in the movies after Justice League. Ugh. Mm -hmm. 
What do we think of it? Yeah. I I didn't hate Flashpoint. No, like Flashpoint Is was it, Flashpoint was a good storyline. It's just for movie potential, though. It, yeah, for yeah, for movie potential know. for the sixth movie in a franchise and the first Flash movie. <sighs> yeah, I know, know that. If you put it that way, I think it's too much. Yeah, like uh, like to, I've heard the idea yeah. floated around that the Flashpoint thing will essentially be like a testing ground. Where, where like, they'll do the movies that they have planned up to Flash, then in Flash, do Flashpoint so that they can introduce all these new other ideas and then keep what people like and get rid of what people didn't. Yeah, as an excuse to get rid of stuff that people clearly didn't like but that they were right. super committed to. I yeah, mean, also, as a way of, big, also as a way like, of, like, having Ben Affleck bow out of being Batman. Well, yeah. that's what I was going to say. The one big thing you could take away from that that comes into my mind is the Thomas Wayne storyline. Yeah. Uh, that's the big. I mean, that's basically big. who Batman's been, Ben Affleck's been playing in the Batman mm. movies. He just hasn't gone Bat Glock yet, right? No, Jeff. When Jeffrey Dean Morgan becomes Batman, though, that motherfucker's carrying a pistol. <laughs> because remember, the guy they currently have in universe as Bruce Wayne's dad is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that's, no, I know that's, that's right. To the folks yeah. at home who didn't, you didn't maybe know. Yeah. Which is oddly appropriate that a character who always dies is played by an actor who's known for always dying. Yeah. yeah that's, but, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they really want to write themselves out of what they did with Superman because it's just funny how much the trailer for the Justice League points out Superman brought hope to the people. I'm like, what movie were you guys watching? <laughs> Bitch! That motherfucker, <laughs> that motherfucker brought pain and despair. Yeah. Even the people he saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it might be. But if they do that, it might be interesting to see if they bring over like the like the um if they bring over um, Martha Wayne as Joker. Oh yeah, that because be a it, because a it gets rid of fucking Jared Leto and his whatever that was this is yeah. bad grill cholo thing. Yeah, uh. and B, I kind of want to see Lauren Cohen play the Joker. Ah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, she is Walking Dead um, and the oh, second yeah. Van Wilder movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the r- rise of, uh, the what's rise his name? Rise of Taj. Uh, Raj, Taj, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Cal Penn was in that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he oh, was. Oh, I forgot all about that. Good pull. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, that was a deep right. cut, did <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's how I do. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I know all about really shitty straight to DVD National Lampoon sequels. <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific niche, but somebody has to fill it. Hey, listen, I've seen it. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yeah, we already had Flashpoint fucked up once by DC Live Action. I don't think we need it fucked up a second time. There's, there's potential the there. Which, the Flash TV show so fucking bungled that shit like super hard. Well, season that that whole season after they did the Flashpoint thing just sucked in general. So, like, like, like Nico, do you see the fucking Flash TV Flashpoint? No, no, I've I've only watched uh, halfway to the second season. So yeah, was. yeah. So we went back in time, stopped Reverse Flash from murdering his mom, went back to the present in Flashpoint, still had his powers. Everything was fucking great. There were no other metahumans except for fucking Wally West as the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason he and the reason like he goes back and has the and has the fucking reverse Flash murder his mom is because is because Wally got hurt a bit. 
Yeah. I don't. Oh, yeah, it's weird to see a, a a very rated R DC story done for network young adult television. It was so terrible. Like, like, yeah. so, like so. Wally got fucking like stabbed in the back with some pipe or whatever, and then His motivations. Shit, yeah, and then yeah. Caitlin Snow, who in this world is a podiatrist, okay, says, "I don't know dick about metahuman physiology, but he looks pretty bad." So then Barry's like, I'm going to go tell my arch nemesis to murder my mother to save a guy I kind of just met who was hurt a bit. Yeah. Oh, Although I guess I did hear from D23 and from San Diego Comic-Con that the two lessons that the Flash TV show learned from this season is they're not going to do time travel again for the foreseeable future. Thank no God. more speedsters. And the villain is not a speedster. Yeah, yeah. That's, now they just, that's they just need to have everybody cry less. Yeah, well, the problem is, um, and I think I pointed this out to you when we first talked about the Flash when it came out, that it's... In tonally and execution-wise, it's so much like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man that this season felt like Spider-Man 3. Like, yeah. nothing but dumb soap opera stuff, emotionally, he, emotional heel turns for no reason, dumbass contrivances. Yeah, and I really hate the fucking, like, I really hate the storyline where, oh no, her powers are evil. Like, I, I, always, find, I always found that idea of, like, yeah, superpowers having that's, their that's, own sentience being retarded. That's, that's the nature versus nurture thing. Now, I mean, if... If it's some, if it's you gain powers from something attaching to you, and that's evil, that's one yeah, that, that that's but fine. Like, but but this is this is oh you're in oh like you're fucking like in like innately evil. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking like hey these are the powers that were locked inside of your cells the entire time, and they were released into the world, but they're evil. Unlike literally every other person. Yeah, no, I I never like the nature over nurture excuse for villainy. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, since most of the best villains are the exact opposite, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, who? Oh, here for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. Good show this week. Yeah, yeah. we'll be back good. in two weeks' time with another episode of the dot com comic book podcast. In between now and then, though, we got shit coming out. I don't know. Killing I'm dead. Our, our leader, everyone. I'm Birdie. I'm Nico. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>